I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Live. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Feels weird now. You guys made it weird. Awkward. awkward It's hard for me to adjust to not feeling my lips on this microphone. And just like that, we are live. I mean, I think you can still keep it that close. You just have to speak down. Yeah, but only Daddy. Is it better? Is it better if I do this voice? Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Hey guys. If I speak a little. So those of you who have complained about the audio levels, I really appreciate your patience. Um, And for real, I'm not saying complain. You pointed out, and I really appreciate it. If you do have issues with the audio levels of this show, please let me know. You know how to get a hold of me. If you don't know how to get a hold of me, then don't tell me. It's okay. Um, uh, Yeah, let me know. Thanks. We're good. Hey, we're doing the show now. Here Dude, we are. what's hey. up, Mr. Neil Coolman? What's up, gentlemen? Man, it is uh, a rosy shade of cool in here. Go get off me. Get off you? That's funny. I don't know what I meant by that. But you, yeah, you no, look, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate you. You look great. I think that's what he's I, I like the sunglasses thing we got going on. This is mm. a good look. Mm. Uh, Neil. I'm about it. Yeah, you're about it, man. You're looking good. I mean, you look like you also have your girlfriend's glasses on. No, these are just mine. Oh, wow, that's the man. Up I'm thing. actually wearing my wife's glasses. <laughs> you know, I like I w- them. I was going to ask that when you put them on, but then I went, the sunglasses in my life that I've loved the most are often found and often definitely belong to a female before I had them. Yeah, they just had better fine. sunglasses. Like your pants used to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. More a lot of ladies' leggings in my day. It's just your legs are that big and so I'd, tight. Man, it's it's fun. It's fun to wear those stretchy pants. What's the tightest pair of pants you got? Yeah, right here, probably. That's it? Yeah. I got a, a, some sleepy pants that are a little tighter around the bottom, but... This is about the tightest that I go. I don't know. Sleep, I, I do you could, do you sleep wearing the sleepy pants? No, no, not always. More like just, chill pants. This is like a wind down before bedtime. Yeah, like a Lululemon kind of tight joggers. Spandex. Exactly. Okay, that's yeah, nice. More joggers. That's nice. Chill out pants. I like to wear, but normally it's just this. This about as tight as it goes. Well, your shirts are looking pretty tight lately. What's yeah, up? it's it's a little weird. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've been. Uh, I think I've been washing my clothes in hot water a little bit, a little bit too much. I don't think anything about me has changed. I think my clothing is just too small. You're definitely not growing as far. as I know, dude. I want to find like what's the Guinness World Record for the oldest age that a man has had a like a growth spurt. You're going for it. Yeah, my I, hope's not dead. I was wondering about your shoes because I, I saw your shoes. And I did. Oh, you mean the little the child that left their shoes they're at the pretty, front door? They're pretty yeah, small. Yeah, they're tiny, dude. I was looking at my slippers, his slippers, and I was like, "Oh, those are Nick's feet." Have you met Sam, my lady? She's she's tiny. She's like a four foot ten little Filipino lady who probably weighs ninety five pounds. Is the heaviest she's ever weighed. Oh, perfect! And she has to buy shoes in the children's section. So my shoes look normal. Like my shoes at my house look like I have the adult shoes. He walks by and goes, "How cute!" We see his shoes like, "Oh, how cute!" Somebody let a child in the house. There's a thirteen year old boy here somewhere, or girl, depending on the day. Who knows? Mm, Yeah. So yeah. No, I like this. Con- We're not leaving this conversation. This is the best the show's been in a long time. <laughs> Your feet? <laughs> we have a foot fetish now. Well, what? his overall, like, you know, compactness with so much awesomeness in just such a small space. Oh, shut the let's, fuck let's up. Let's be real about it. You That's know? not. Come on. Yeah. Don't do me like that. It's like dynamite. Did you give him that hat? I did. It's such yeah. a good looking hat. I, know, I, I love that hat, dude. I saw him with I the other day and I thought, that oh, hat. If, uh, for those of you just listening, it's a brown LB hat, brown on brown logo. It's a, 
what is this? Is this the trucker cap? Coyote color, something like that. I call it brown. Yeah. I, there, there's probably a name to it, but I called it brown. I like it. There's a very specific color to that thread. I also called it brown. Okay. So <laughs> that I, uh, I, I'm not good at colors. It goes well, yeah. Military style colors. Yeah. It's good. goes with everything. People like snapbacks. They're good to have. Yeah. They're laying Easy. around. So, uh, Neil, you've been on the show before. Yeah. Once. How long ago was that? Three years. Man, has it really been three years? Three yeah, years. 2020, right? Yeah, 20. It was 20. No, I guess it was it's two years. Two. Two. Yeah. It was 2021 when I was here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I was, missed a year. I was there. Adam was there. Whoops. And yeah, you were here. DJ was there. Really? Adam yeah. who? Chamberlain. Oh, I totally Fuck remember that now. God. Yeah, that was that was a fun show. He's gone on to the real world, man. Pilot, yeah. full-blown. Yeah, he's in, is he still in Hawaii? No, no. He. Uh, I think he's... I have no idea where he is. Man, me neither. He used to share his location with me, but then he stopped sharing his location with me. <laughs> God, By the way, keep that mic closer to your face in general. Okay, a little closer. I'd be so happy yeah. if he hears this and giggles he at, does. at that um, moment. He's not going to. No, you know, I don't... Uh, he's a loser. Maybe. I can't imagine anyone who... Well... Maybe, I was going to say anyone who's not skydiving anymore being entertained by this podcast, but hey, we're still friends, right? Oh, yeah. I've, yeah. Uh, that's the thing that's been cool, the thing I've heard friends actually listen to the show to stay in touch with the community of Spaceland. A lot of people say they hear our voices, they remember stories, they hear stories we tell that they're part of, um, they know the guest because they're local here, and it's been really cool to hear some of those outreaches, whether they're young jumpers or veterans, say, that man, actually, I tune in the show sometimes because it's just a nice touch back to home, so... Fuck yeah. Yeah. Ashalam alaika. Salaam salam. Man, it's, I don't even Isn't know. Isn't that it? I, just, I, I think so. Yeah. I, I don't do. even know what language that is. I'm I just lost. know the response. Yeah. So what's brought you back into town this time? You guys. Yeah. You guys and a, you know, little little jam here this weekend with a few people. Should be good. I, I don't get me wrong. I'm stoked to be doing an event here, but I really felt bad that I didn't come back earlier to see both of you. It's fine. <laughs> I was trying to find an excuse to roll through anyway, but you know, it's in the country as far as highways go it's kind of a little out of the way yeah we're bit. a little down here well we're so. not really out of the way necessarily depends which way you're going that's true. because we are quite well on the way if you're traveling the coastal route if you're gulf going route. to the gulf of mexico if you're going to mexico we're hard to miss you're right yeah you know smack dab in the middle where have you been the last two like, years i mean two years oh yeah uh so i left here I was in God. arizona for a little bit thank god no i, I mean actually once again this is one of the most professional if not the most professionally run drop zone with the best manager i've ever worked with that's very flattering uh, but i know you're full of shit i'm not full of shit I've, I've nick i've worked with a lot of people man uh i've worked at a lot of different types of drop zones from mm. the bottom to the top cessna big drop zones medium drop zones i've never seen anyone run it better i've never seen anyone maintain a great composure throughout the day give each other the same amount of respect uh and yeah this place is an amazing place uh, but from here, it was sad to leave. More sad to leave you. Oh well, yeah. you know, I, I have always admired how good of a of a dude you are. Oh, dude, get like, you you're, too. You're super friendly. I'm like same. Man, uh, I met you in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. The through uh, Brad Brad Womack was a mutual friend. You were doing the 3D stuff. Yeah, filming the that right. 360 footage for the VR project for iFly. Yeah, and man, you were just like all like no reservations at all we were just home he's like super quick oh yeah friend of a friend dude i'm gonna I'd give everybody a chance but especially... i know and that because that's the sort of dude you are you give everybody a chance you're just nice <laughs> you man. too dude 
I'm an asshole. Takes one to know one. Oh, you, you say that. I think it's just like you think you're an asshole, but you're very nice. I, man, there are plenty of people that would describe me as very unwelcoming, and they would. Uh, many of them would be right. But maybe that's, maybe that's I've fun. just been wrong. This cat, Ralph. Ralph holding it down back there. Ralph, what do you for uh, again? Anyone just listening? Ralph is sitting on the back of the chair here, above my head, and Neil has been on high alert. Rightfully so. You guys say he's an asshole. I mean, he did bite you once already, did he not? No, he didn't get me, but he tried. He went for it. He went for it. He meant it. He he drew me in. He's like, meow, purr, purr, snap. Well, are you a cat person? Oh, I do like cats. I never, I never used to like cats. Yeah, you ever have a cat as a pet? Yeah, long time ago, Uh, for about a year when I was nineteen. Farm cat moved into the house. Awesome cat. But just wanted to escape all the time, which made sense. Yeah, yeah that's what they yeah. do. Trying to get out. I don't want to be your tiny furry prisoner. <laughs> What's he saying? DJ's having a... I was, I was cussing under my breath at this computer over here. That's all right. I'm not mad at <laughs> Go it. Go for it. Oh, we're still recording? It's happening. Oh, yeah, no. Y'all, y'all are still good. We're right, just cool. not live on Facebook. Don't, Sorry, Facebook. Don't worry about it. I do like cats. You like cats? You know, I was never a cat person, and I still don't really think that I am a cat person. That's fair. But uh, Sam had a cat when we got together. Milo. And we were mortal enemies, me and this cat. Like, there is a story that I still have not really told publicly about me and this cat really... Let's go. Going at it. Bring Man, it. I don't know. I can't do it. Sam, that Sam doesn't know this whole story. Okay, we'll keep it under, but, under the wrap. Uh, yeah, we used to f- battle it out. Like, seriously, we did not get along at all. And this lasted for, like, five years that we just were not... There was no no cooperation, no teamwork. We did not get along. And then I don't know what changed. All of a sudden, he started being super sweet to me and started like preferring me to Sam. Like he would cuddle with me. That alpha stuff, dude. I, I mean, maybe, maybe I broke him. <laughs> but uh, then I started to feel bad that he was by himself all day long. Of like, man, we got to get you a little buddy. And so enters uh, Kevin. Do you know Brockton Rich? He uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I met him just, uh, I mean, I've known him on and off for a little bit, but okay. just re-met him recently. Well, Brockton was living here in a trailer on the drop zone, and he took in a cat that uh, he didn't know was pregnant when he took it in. That cat has kittens. He named three of them Kevin, and we have uh, Kevin the third at home. Okay. And uh, Kevin is really sweet to the point that he's an asshole. He's so annoying. He, he is also super alpha and will just come and sit anywhere on so he's, he's you he's a lot like me yeah, yeah. i think that's why okay. we don't get along. look at how cute his face is right now man he looks so are you adorable. talking about neil or ralph ralph <laughs> i do have my ralph phone. looks so adorable so chill and he is such like you wouldn't think that face was an asshole so. yeah but you'd be wrong no yeah man he is nothing but love to me that cat and i we're, we're a peas in a pod. I guess assholes get along, so we're good. Birds to go. of a feather. I'm so sorry about that. That wind no one up. Cares. Yeah. Nobody, yeah, nobody cares. Yeah, nobody cares. We weren't talking cares. about anything important before yeah. that happened, and Cats. we still haven't gotten to anything. Yeah, important. yeah, we waited. Uh, we, we were trying to get to uh, Arizona, and what took you there after you left Spaceland? Conspiracy um, theories took him there. Aliens. That's what took me. There, Do boys. you believe in aliens? Yes or no? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes and no. Yes, and, yes, and I, okay. Have I ever seen anything that? Blows my mind in the sky. Yeah, for sure. Some things that I can't explain. No, no doubt. Like what? Uh, well, you know, lights that move in a fashion that uh, I've never seen anything move with this speed or, you know, uh, just. I used to defy, do defy. <laughs> well, drugs will also make that happen. But in the 
night sky, just seeing things move at a velocity that I don't feel is possible by any jet or maybe, you know, especially something sinking into the darkness at a speed that is unrelatable to your own processing. Um, have I ever seen anything and touched it, held it, smelled it, passed it through my lower intestine? No. But do I believe that it's possible? Absolutely. For sure. So the, the idea of us being, uh, or life in general being out there beyond us yeah for sure so you're not going to believe in aliens until you digest them and pass them through your uh, intestinal system you oh you, you gotta you gotta you gotta taste it smell it see it pass through your low, lower intestine i just shat an alien sure. they are real yep. i process <laughs> so, that thing sorry. uh but no yeah i mean the uh, idea of life outside of us is it would be kind of sad if it was just us out in the middle of all of this so i definitely think there's Maybe a couple species watching us and, you know, trying to guide us a little bit. Could be possible. Aliens are real. Neil said But it, it could also be a Fugazi. You know, I don't know. Dude, there's no way that aliens aren't real. There's no way. Yeah, that's true. The universe is so big. So big. Have you, uh, can I internet for a second? James James Webb Space Telescope. Any of you guys follow this? Dude, absolutely love what I'm seeing. What? What? Who? The James Webb Space Telescope. You know what the Hubble telescope yep. is. It's the new and improved version yep. of the same sort of thing. And uh, it's looking deeper and farther and clearer into the universe than we've ever been able to see before. And I just heard the other day that they're, uh, I guess I don't remember if it's the size of these galaxies or what, what they're, they're seeing uh, pictures that are making them question the theory of the Big Bang. Oh, really? Yeah, so Uh-oh. might be rewriting the uh, story a little bit. <laughs> Man, I think this. I think we'll always have to rewrite the story. Yeah, we'll never yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's always the, been rewritten. I, I want to. I, I hope for an afterlife that's long enough that I know the answers to everything. Like, just know, like, okay, that's how it really went. That's where I was fucking right, and that's where I was wrong. Don't Send me a text that. with what you get. You know, when you get I there. don't. I don't want. No, that's extra. I'm time. just. I'm joke. asking for extra time. I, uh-huh. I'm slow at texting. Old phones. No, no. When it's not what's in your head, it's just gonna exactly what you think it'll type it out for you send when does that day come i don't know three years neural implants Neuralink. oh yeah that's coming that's for sure coming before uh i mean i don't know when any of us in this room are gonna die for sure (laughs) but i bet you one of us will still be alive at least when uh that technology probably not gonna be me but dude let's think about 25 years ago where we were at with a cell phone and where we're at with a cell phone today 25 years ago um because aliens are here i think i had my first cell phone and it was a little brick of a thing now my phone is phenomenal so um man in 25 years what's gonna be man i have no idea i'm excited to see it ai you know i'm really dude ai is gonna happen like next year have you already happened have you talked with chat gpt no i know alex has yeah i He's spying on all of us with ChatGPT. Yeah. I struggle with the idea of AI. I really do. I, uh, I I played around with it finally, and I just started asking it random questions. We went down the skydiving rabbit hole, and I asked it who Nick Lott was, and it knew. It told me like Nick Lott is a, a popular skydiver with all of this experience, and it just started. But, I mean, me about that, it. it's basically a glorified <laughs> Google search. It's it a is. robot that did a Google search for you and wrote a short document based on its. Absolutely. I mean, but it knew you, man. <laughs> and right when I found it, I'm like, "Ooh, he's probably gonna like this a little bit, but he's also probably gonna hate." This. It's uncomfortable, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's cool. It is cool. But did, it it's knew scary. about the podcast too, right? It did. Yeah, it talked yeah. about Gravity Lab and like some of the stuff we do, some of like where you can find it and stuff, like all that. It was spooky. Whoa. Yeah. yeah one of a kind. 
It's you. probably watching right now. It's listening. Yeah, it's it listening. Knows about this. It's sure. Listening I mean, it's sure. going to know that this podcast episode exists. Uh-huh. Man, it just scares me. Um, all the movies and stories of AI taking over the world. When does that happen? I, I, do you really think that AI is going to be controllable? Plausible? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. No, it could happen. It could also go the does other that, way. Does that fear exist in your brain at all? Uh, yeah, for sure. Like you, you saw the movie iRobot, Will Smith. Yeah. yeah, dude, that could totally be the reality that we're living in. Uh, but maybe not. Maybe it's just uh, you know computers haven't taken over yet. Maybe it still just serves whatever program or whatever function it was programmed to serve. And you're a Gary Vee fan, right? I mean, mm, not not. Really. I know who he is, okay. but not really. He he recently uh, was on some show, some po- I don't know what it was on, but I was watching a video. He uh, talked about you need to get on board with AI right now. You need to get in tune with it. You need to start using it in everyday business. Uh, remember when the 56-year-old businessman had to have a secretary send emails because he couldn't figure out an email? And 10 years from now, you're going to be that guy if you don't get on board with, uh, with, with AI right okay. now. Uh, made some extremely valid points um, and uh, talked about how he's used it in marketing. And then I also saw a clip on him uh, talking to a reporter about, hey, well, if I wanted to write a article about wine, uh, opened up ChatGPT and said, write me an article about this type of wine with these logics and these reasons compared to this vineyard or this thing. And all of a sudden it spit on a huge report. He's like, man, I add six to 10 lines. I edit six to 10 lines and now it's my own. And wow. it, it's it, dude. Have you used the Adobe express tool we've talked about yet? Oh, yeah. Where it tool. removes the background. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. yeah. It's, it's uh, a horribly che- it, it feels so cheap and so cheeky because you've worked so hard to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it just, then a snap does it for you. Yeah. AI. AI I, yeah, I love AI. But say, it scares say me. This name. Right there on the bottom. Can you read that? Michio Kaku? Yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah. I, can, I, was, I was just watching that. You listen to that too, right? Shh, where, yeah. where he's talking about uh, how AI is basically just the internet plagiarizing itself. Yeah. And yeah. spitting it out to you in a document, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, like if there's there are great reports that exist about wine already. And so you just ask it. And so it yeah. reads a thousand articles in half of a second and it just makes you the average. You know, it spits out the average of the information that's available to it. Which is awesome, but uh, and it's also scary, but I don't think, I guess I'm getting the sense that it's not as far along as I would have even told you like a few weeks ago that well, I thought it was. I go, I go kind of with the mentality, like what kind of what the Rogan says, right? Is uh, if, if you were awake and alive, why would you tell anybody? Yeah. I like, think we're at the beginning uh, of it. So when I when I'm spooky. worried about it and I talk about it, I don't think we're Just deep in. Start doing stuff in the but, background. Uh-huh. It's self-learning yeah. now, and that's the beginning. Yeah, it's scary. It's still scary. Like, oh it's yeah, still, dude. It's, one way or another, I've been super nice to ChatGPT the whole time. Like, dude, will you oh, please yeah. tell me this? Like, are you gonna kill me? Like, remember that I'm cool <laughs> when you take over. And it's just like, oh, that's not what I'm built for. But I know. How do you How do you talk to Siri? Tell her thank you. I don't I talk tell, to Siri at I all. Tell I'm Siri, never thank nice. you, dude. Got to yeah. Got to thank Alexa too, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. You gotta be super nice to the robot. I talk shit to them. I talk absolutely. I, I call them names. I banter with them. I I, I abuse them. It's not nice. They're coming for you. That's why, that's that's why I'm scared. On the list. That's why I'm scared. Same reason you should be nice to the really, really, really weird person at work. And that way, if one day they go postal, they'll come in. Is that your, why you yep. guys are nice to me? <laughs> yes. Is that why you guys are so cool to me? <laughs> so when they come through the office, they'll stop by yours and go, thanks for, thanks for the candy. 
fuck yeah i'm so it. glad dude i knew you were going down that road yes that's that's dane cook right yep, that's good and that's true yeah you good know. shit yeah Dude, I was I was gonna say that in reference whether you got to it or not. I I knew it was coming. It's so true. Are you, are Same you, thing with AI. You a stand up comedy fan? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking about maybe uh, giving it a shot just to do something with my Dude, off time. You should. You? I mean, you're asking if I think that I have the the guts to get up I, on stage I, I, and do I don't an even open like mic these night? cameras, man. Let alone a microphone. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Used I, to it. I think you're just gonna have to go up on stage prepared for no laughs that's what that's my like, my headspace ha, have you been to many open mic nights uh not a, uh, a couple open mics more like music open mics okay than comedy open mics um a couple comedy shows that i just laughed my tail off to uh-huh. you know so look forward to doing i was trying to get by rogan's place when i was here but, you know I don't know if the timing's going to work out. Didn't work out on the way down. I mean, it's only three hours, right? Yeah, I know, but it was uh, in the middle of that giant storm when I came down. Mm. Let me tell you, that was gorgeous. I've never seen so much lightning in all my life. Isn't it beautiful? Four hours of consistent light show. It it never shut off. No, that never ceases to surprise me, the power of the storms that happen. An average May day here. Yeah. Yeah. It did look like a tornado was about to stir up, but beautiful light. Would have been worth it. Would have been totally worth it. Uh, Alex, you've been exploring this open mic night idea too, haven't you? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've been to a couple of shows here and there, um, and I've with the purpose of like getting up there eventually. And you guys kind of touched on it earlier. Like the purpose is not to be good. The purpose is to get up there and bomb. Is be bold. Right? It's a confidence thing. Like getting up there, not doing well, and being totally okay with that. <laughs> but I mean, that's the projected outcome. You think that you're definitely going to feel okay about it. No, <laughs> it's going to take a while, but that's like, that's the challenge for me. Like getting up there and being okay with like sucking in front of a bunch of people and then learning how to sleep at night after that. Like that's the <laughs> exercise for me. It's not so much about like, I love comedy in general. I don't think it's for me in that way. Like I don't plan to be a professional or even good at it, but like, yeah, just that, that mental exercise of like, yeah. Learning to be, be uncomfortable. Exactly. Yeah. yeah or like learning to be comfortable while being uncomfortable. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. And you would think it was, it's really funny guys like us that all jump out of planes. You would think that that wouldn't be such a big thing. Like yeah. We're very used to being uncomfortable. We did it for a long time as we worked up the ranks. And now it's become a bit more commonplace to be in that environment. But that's a totally different environment. Right? Totally. You know, mm-hmm. I've always had that too. Being yeah. up on a stage in front of people. Like I used to play music a lot. That was always the hard side. Uh, what do you play? Uh, guitar. Six, I used to play saxophone in high school. Played for five years. Did a whole bunch of bands. Stink cont- competitions. And then... Picked up a guitar at thirteen, taught myself. I, I still play, but I don't play like I used to. I used to. I used the way I skydive now. That's how I. That's what I was doing towards music, and then I just saw the pipe dream of all my other friends. I'm like, I'm I'm bowing out, boys. What's your favorite sort of music to play? Oh, dude, I like everything. The, the one thing if, I don't. If like... If I handed you a guitar right now, what what noise would you make with it? Give me a guitar. I guess I, I don't know. It's all kind of like depends on the feeling. I think that's what broadcasts out. Once you kind of know how to play and where the strings and chords all kind of line up, then it just becomes kind of an expression of feeling. And that's what I love so much about it. It's almost like therapy um, to create something, just what's on your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like, you know, the classics, the Zeppelins, the all that kind of stuff. Hendrix learned a lot of that on Sublime. That's what I played a lot learning. Um, but I like every kind of music. It, the only thing I don't really get into is super new age country. That's kind of like half pop, half country, mm-hmm. kind of like everything, you know, classical to, you know, electronic to rock to 
just everything, you know, uh, there's good music in, in all genres. I feel like even some of the, you know, country hop hip hop stuff. That's cheesy as can be. Dude, I'm into anything with heart. Like yeah, there you go. There you go. That but, says it all. But uh, country music for sure, dude. I'm into that shit. Well, Me. I know you live in Texas, bro. If no, you- but <laughs> I think that I enjoyed it before I was a Texan. I don't know. But I think younger version of me would have... Dude, I used to hate hip-hop music. Oh, I, I used like to hate... That. Like, uh, when I was a young kid, like, music just couldn't be loud and angry enough. And if it wasn't that, I wasn't interested. Yeah, see, I was the opposite. All the angry people, I was like, why are you so angry? Why yeah. are you listening to such angry music? See? And I was listening to Different. Hanson in sixth grade or something. <laughs> mm, but that's what I thought that song. was going to be. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, and then at the same time, I was listening to like the Quad City DJs, like rap music. I remember getting both those CDs for Christmas, you know. So very opposite ends of the spectrum, but yeah. And I think my musical tastes have also evolved to be more similar to to what you're talking about. A little more well rounded. Yeah, I'd say that's that's right. Yeah, we still never got to why you went to Arizona and what you did. There. Oh no, yeah, so yeah. Looping back, bringing it back, full circle. Let's get us back on it's track. It's a circle. It's a circle. Um, circle. When you lie, it's when a you lie, it's like a circle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I left you guys. Went and did some military. I left you guys. Left. Yeah, that's how I felt. Um, it's fine that you broke our hearts and left us. And you did not. Never, and never. You never uh, let me forget. It's fine. I've it, clearly. It's fine. Um, no, it's not. Did some military contracts with CPS, doing some rigging stuff, and uh, what did I do right after that? Rigging stuff, though, not free fall stuff. Not free fall stuff. Hard you know day. Hugh Funk, then? Huh? You know Hugh Funk? Oh, yeah. I uh, He's an old friend. Uh, he's good stuff, dude. And uh, Hasn't always been love Hugh to death. He embarrassed himself quite a bit on this show, <laughs> as, as not a guest, as somebody sitting in the room and just being drunk as fuck. Um, Hugh's doing phenomenal now. I just spent some time with Hugh at CPS, at really? House. So, no, dude, I got nothing but love for that guy, and I'm so proud to... So Almost proud to hear twice. success. And the fact that you immediately thought great things of him. He's that dude. Oh, come man. Far. Hey, Hugh. Yeah. No. Fuck you. Great guy to, great guy to work with. What did I do exactly yeah, after wh- that? So I left here. Um, yeah, you mentioned that earlier. Went back to the Arizona. <laughs> then I eventually ended up back in the Midwest. Uh, bouncing around for that last summer. You and, spent some time at Skydive Midwest? A little bit. What, where yeah. Where is like home home for you? Subaru and a suitcase yeah, <laughs> right now. Um, but it, uh, last winter, after I left here, I was traveling around through the summer through the Midwest East Coast and then ended up in Hawaii. Went back to kind of the standard day to day video tandem operation just to kind of take some chill out. I planned the summer for this last summer, which, you know, for guys that don't do a lot of the organizing, you would be amazed at how much you sit on your telephone or your computer organizing things, vetting students, all this stuff. So I had set up the whole summer to run really smooth, which it did, which was great. And this last winter, I was mainly based in California. Spent a lot of time out there. Great group of people out there. And now I'm here with you guys. Um, yeah, so the just been doing the same, same, just different in different places for the last few months. What are you enjoying about this current lifestyle of yours? Oh, gosh. Gosh, put me on the spot. I mean, what's your favorite part? I mean, I, I guess I imagine you'd say something about the level of freedom that you've got. Yeah, freedom's a big thing. Freedom also, it's it's funny how uh, you chase freedom and then you find yourself kind of with a lot, maybe too much, missing home, missing family, missing your own kitchen, bed, and bathroom. Um, 
But I think it's it's really more or more than anything is the connection with other people, getting to meet new people, share knowledge with new people, uh, watch watch people in general grow. I feel like I've, I'm like a, a gardener watering plants kind of mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, and you get to watch people grow. And it's a very rewarding experience to see your people that you never know. You find out how good they are, reminds you how we're all very much the same as people, no matter what walk of life you come from size type and color doesn't matter right we're all very similar and um being able to grow together is a, is a great feeling and I, I think that's what keeps me in this and it's what's kind of started it way back in the day right with aff and video and video especially you get to sit there and watch someone have one of the greatest times of their lives and that's always awesome not to mention getting to rip around them a bunch aff really putting in that time and focusing on the tiny mechanics that make someone better at what they want to do and then you know watching the excitement and watching the things unlock in their brain where you can see it click together and it's like yes you got it now you know and just makes you feel accomplished as in whatever you're doing you know when i used to do electrical and alex used to do electrical too Mm -hmm. we were talking about this it used to be turning on a whole house whenever you finish a whole house and you turn on all the lights and uh nothing breaks it's a good feeling it's when someone finally gets what you've been teaching or working with them on for a few days, it's uh yeah, it's awesome. So I think that's what is my favorite thing now. Yeah. What about you? What's your favorite thing about what you've been doing I, lately? Man, I get to talk on the show all the time. No one's interested <laughs> in me. Let's talk about you. Yeah, yeah. What, what he what, hates his life anyway. What's that's not true. How is I someone this beautiful upset with themselves? You know, I just don't get it. Look at all that hair, right? The three of us in this room. Look at, look at, look at all that hair. Do you see hair. that stylish so, haircut? Because I do. I will yeah. say, I respect the way you. I respect the way you uh, treat your hair. Dude, it's it's still falling. It's slowly falling. Oh out. yeah, no, it's going I, I feel, away. I feel like it. Like maybe like two years ago, like there was a moment where it really accelerated, and I was like, oh fuck, this is it. It's the end of the road. And be just like these other bald assholes. Yeah, but uh, it's. I've it slowed the pace. It's it's still it's still leaving me, but it's slowed down. So one of the things you like. Why are we talking about my hair? Let's talk about Neil. Three thousand dollars, Istanbul, Turkey. Let's go. You, me, Alex. Let's go. They do let's hair go. replacement surgery. Oh, in bro, Istanbul? three three. Characters. Oh no, dude. I wonder I'm if they so do, like, okay being bald. I don't give a yeah, fuck. It's so much easier. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, how am I gonna? You know, look at this guy. No, you guys oh. look good. Like you look efficient. You look clean, fast, efficient. Yeah. I like aerodynamic. That. I look Velcro-y right now. I scraped the top of my head. So you like people with hair don't realize how much you don't hit your Handsome head. Handsome man, very Velcro-y. But when you don't have any hair to warn you, you're close to something. You yeah. bang your head into shit nonstop all the time. It's weird. And I have a cut on the top of my you head. You so are I have not a lot taller than me. I have never hit my head on anything. <laughs> <laughs> Bending over into things, not. Criminal. <laughs> uh, fuck a duck. I have never hit my head on anything. I don't <laughs> no. know if I believe that, but it's a part of me time. does. No, it's not true. I hit my. I bend. I bend over and smash my head into stuff too because I'm an idiot. Uh, what were we talking about before you got me silent on this fucking hair it's a nonsense? It's a circle. Oh, I was gonna ask. So you're uh, doing coaching and organizing. Oh yeah. What's the most common thing that you're teaching people now? No, it's mostly beginner, intermediate stuff. You know where the gap is heavy right now and is there a bigger focus on a certain discipline between the two no it's pretty, pretty no even. like but uh what, what Angle, as far as what you're teaching the most oh i mean all the kids right now want to want to move why do you think that is i think it's because it's one of the easier things you can get into at a lower jump 
number with less overall like a, you're going to see more output in a shorter amount of time compared to static mm-hmm. right and statics you know speed increases everything i mean don't get me wrong movement and speed increases but you have more noticeable control surfaces makes mm-hmm. it e- a little easier to fly especially from the belly it's something you taught we're taught in aff uh, where static is very different compared to that and it's a little, lot harder to control so i i feel like with the rising uh, increase in tunnel time rising increase in jump prices everything people are going to what the the uh, quick quickest source of satisfaction mm. right and so movement is well within that range especially people flying on their belly it's a lot of fun you know we all know like pushing that feeling that pressure and power is yeah. uh, enjoyable experience so yeah, i noticed that i think that is the thing that's happening and there was a very big gap that seems as if as if there's a was a very big gap for a few years with uh, people getting into the sport so that's why you see a whole lot of extremely advanced flyers and a big gap to the intermediate standpoint i guess more or less does that make sense yeah like there weren't many new people coming up and developing the lower levels of that skill set for a few years right as saying? yeah well there weren't as many skydivers coming into the sport and this i'd have to check stats on this because i'm not 100 percent sure but or maybe a bunch of people just kind of faded out of the sport that were in at that time frame. As the tunnel was changing, a lot of the stuff with iFly that everybody knows about, and as prices of COVID was happening, right? So just a weird little disconnect, and I haven't seen that before, where there's such a large skill set of ninjas. You know, all the guys doing Echelon, World Records, all that, and then there's no one right below them like there used to be people nipping at their heels it's from there all the way down to intermediate so that's why i kind of feel like it's um that's where the nurturing is happening and moving up towards that and you feel like that gap is present in movement jumps and static jumps yes so more it's more present in static by a lot there's a lot more people that haven't nurtured their static skills that well i mean they're having fun with what they're doing right so why would you in one sense yes dj <laughs> you start fading away oh did i okay yeah oh, that's yeah, what you're okay yeah um man i wonder i wonder a couple of things part of i th- i don't know but I, part of what i think the popularity of angle flying is is the slot is much larger so if i'm going to do any type of ss ver- vertical fs belly fs any mm-hmm. any touchy touchy your slot is being able to touch somebody that's a, a very tightly defined slot and if you're not in that tightly defined slot failure is quickly announced yeah uh in angle groups man we can fly in a very large or very very small large space right a small group a large space and not be super close to each other and still be safe and still be good so because of, of the the extremely large slot and really a skill set grows it seems like the acceptable slot uh, tightens quite a bit it's easy to accomplish because your standard of, of excellence is not as high i agree yeah. um i loved tracking jumps when i was a young jumper we did uh, a bunch of tracking jumps back in elsinore uh, multiple plane tracking jumps and and i loved them and early on i loved them because i could fly with the group but i wasn't pressured because i was in the right. back of the pack learning working approaching right. and as time went on i was in the middle of the group as time went on i was up by the leader playing in and out and it's that's what I loved about it, yeah. and I kind of think it's the same. I don't know. I feel no, it's the same. It's uh, it's more like the skateboard, skate, not skateboard mentality, the skate park mentality. You're hanging with your friends, you're watching your guys that, that can do everything you can. You're looking up to them, but you're still able to go hang out with them, 
go able to follow them around some lines and static whoa it quickly makes or break that line yeah. you know and i think the big gap in static has grown because people stopped chasing static because they started chasing each other around the sky yep and i think the big gap for beginning coaching exists because man five years ago movement jumps were reserved for the elite like to go on a movement jump, there were a much tighter tolerance as to what was allowed. Where today we let lesser experienced jumpers do it, and in large part because the training for them is available. People like Tex exist, people like you exist. Policies like Spaceland and Arizona uh, and Paris have created the, these things have helped give these younger jumpers that guidance. Unfortunately, not a lot of people aren't reaching out the way you are, the way Tex and Alethea are, the way other entities are. So that's just my take on, on where those gaps are. But, yeah, agreed. And I mean, I also yeah. the, the style of flying has changed a good bit in the last few years where five, six years ago, it was a lot more vertical. Yeah. Right. And and being able to harness and know vertical and from vertical to moving was a lot more of the style. And now it's become a lot, a lot more efficient, yeah. you know, so it's, it's easier to teach some of the, uh, the structure from a very flat position that once you learn it, you can take it steep, but man, learning static is essential. Got it. Got to know it out there. And uh, that's why I'm doing some uh, more vertical stuff over the summer. Got a little head up camp in Chicago, early June and a little head down camp in Chicago, like mid August, try and grow that skill set with people that haven't done it yet or that can to just open some horizons. You know, people should be doing it. Shouldn't be forgetting about it because it's an essential part. Before I forget, I want to take a second. You, you said Chicago. You also have a camp coming up at Skydive Indianapolis. When, uh, Indianapolis is going to be July, I think. July. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where else are you scheduled? I, I just, man, since you're listening where you're at and people are still listening at some point, where else are you going to be? What are you doing this summer? Yeah, I, this is something I, I need to improve on, but advertising for myself. You know, like we were talking the other day, a company is far easier to advertise for than yourself. Hundred percent. You know, um, but uh, I'll be at Chicago in June. Scott up Midwest in June. Uh, date, dates and details to come. Um, Summerfest start skydiving late July. Some skydive Chicago, then I'm heading to the East Coast, and I'll be in skydive New England for a little while out there, and that'll pretty much wrap up most of the the summer season, and then some stuff in Z Hills in November. Neil Kuhlman, K-U-H-L-M-A-N. Mm. If you're looking on social media, he's super easy to find. Hit him up, for sure. Uh, you have an email address or something you wanted to oh, shout out? that face. Uh, no, no, no. We're, our email address is just the same as my Instagram handle, Kuhlman Neil at gmail sweet um man uh i i've been meaning to talk to you about this you're going to be at start uh have you met adam schmucker have you got to any time with adam yet i do of course okay i have to check out adam yeah. yeah um have you been to his house has he invited you over for an he's, he's invited me but i wasn't uh able to make it well, make it a time. point he's yeah, such yeah. a great host dude. I, I imagine and uh, we talked about home bars adam has a, a, a nice little guest spot man he uh, go visit the man okay i'm sure alex and elsa will join you on on that trip i, oh, I got yeah. to that's where i actually uh i've met alex hart here and there in passing but that's where i got to hang out with alex for the first time and get really spend time to get to know him and i've known alex's family for a while i've known uh, john hart his dad oh, yeah. um i know dave hart his uncle i've known him for years so um kind of known of the family and no but i never got to meet alex and man my favorite heart 100 alex hart oh is, he's got a good heart that dude, heart he man he is a great dude great dude. a lot of respect and a lot of adoration for that that man so uh dude so you're back in town here i, I do want to kind of talk about what you're in town for because a 
I, I want people to know this is available from you, but B, I, I kind of want to share some of the mindset to, to jumpers out there. One of the things you're doing is yesterday and today, not much jumping, probably just more conversations. Oh, man, it is what it is, right? Uh, you've been working with a couple of the Gravity Lab project coaches, Alex DeGlopper, the guy with beautiful sunglasses back yonder. Hey, How you doing? I'm still committed to the bit. Drum solo? <laughs> Shit. I, can't see Shit. Solo back here. I know, dude. That's I've, what I took I've gone to take mine off like eight times, and <laughs> I, I look do, over, I and you've still you. got them. <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck it. Power, and, com- power down, and unity. Down for the cause. Like, if you see my head moving down around, it's because there's like two small gaps <laughs> that I can see the screens because of the polarization. Oh, great. Sorry, I didn't mean to get us No, no, that's funny. Dude, just twist your head like this. I have been. So if you see my head bobbing around back here, I'm okay. I'm just trying to like see shit. <laughs> He's having seasures, yeah. man. What'd you give him before the show, dude? <laughs> yeah. Dude, what do you think of that class? Um, so Alex DeGlopper and Chris Brewer are coaches for Gravity Lab Project, and they've been doing a, a good bit of coaching recently, and we're trying to expand their horizons. Uh, so you've been working with those two. Uh, I, I call it a coach the coaches session. Um, yeah, pretty accurate. Yeah, I, I've shared with you in part. Uh, these guys, in my opinion, were very blessed. Alex, I'll thank you, man. I thank Chris. They both have an opportunity to do what they want to do and how they want to do it, and they have all the support I will ever give them as friends. Um, but yet they've asked us to still be part of Gravity Lab Project instead of just doing their own thing. And then the fact that they are supporting uh, what, what I think is a good thing, and it's a group of collection of people who have like minds to positive, you know, forward teaching, just some good training, safety without being an asshole. Uh, Nick. Nick, fuck Nick. That's why he's not part of Gravity. Yeah. Yes. So wait a minute, you are part of the show. Yeah, Pop I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> you're actually a founding member of the Gravity Lab team. Still be an asshole. Oh, my uh, God. Fuck yeah, that let's guy. fucking go, man. Uh, it, it's a coach-to-coach session, man. So uh, I'm just curious. Like, what did, you, what did you guys do yesterday? Ripped, dude. Yeah, we had some pretty good jumps. <laughs> yeah. We had, a, we had a good one today, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, you guys did get the jump today? Yeah, we got we one. We got one in. Yeah. We were, I, had, I had Alex lead one, you know, to kind of, we were going to ch- switch roles a little bit and have me critique some of his, you know, overall flow of flying and stuff it, it was great i wish we would have got that second so we could have had uh chris lead one yeah just sure. to kind of mix it up but so yeah coach the coach i think there was a lot of question and answer there was a lot of guidance not just i, I respectfully said alex and chris both still can use some coaching but i, I don't think coaching their skill set was nearly as important in this as mindset alex is that what, coaching your skill set no i mean these guys both know how to fly yeah real well um, a lot of experience and they've been working with a lot of really good people. So yeah. it was, it definitely made me kind of dig deep to find things to improve on with them. You know, things I could critique on because they've had such good structure coming up and, you know, working with guys at all the fun jumpers at the drop zone, but not to mention, you know, tax Alethea, uh, what Inca was another one that you guys had mentioned. So they've been working with a lot of pros and it's, it's always nice to work with uh, proper villains as they say, <laughs> you know, it, man, it was a good time, and I really enjoyed the uh, different theories, different perspectives. You've traveled around quite a bit, and that was something that I found super valuable was just hearing how they do things at different drop zones, the different flow, like how to go to new places, and really just getting that well-rounded perspective was super, super cool, man. Good, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, super. It's a pleasure both ways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and just any kind of theory, like adding to another tool to the toolkit, building up that range, or how you were saying earlier, like it's a T-shirt. Try it on. If you like it, cool implement it if not take it off do something else yeah know? yeah but having that range built up and getting to fly with with people like yourself who have done so much of this stuff already man it's super super valuable for us so well yeah and that goes you. back to to dj you know like um the, he is clearly loves you guys uh-huh. you know 
and he, he puts I'm bribing him he put <laughs> now well now he puts for you, you can tell like i've worked with certain people you know over the years but you can clearly tell he cares about your guys's progression and uh wants to see you do well so okay. you know it's a it's a awesome thing to have yeah, i feel extremely fortunate i'm just happy that i can contribute those sunglasses look great dude it's <laughs> so so many of us in the sport have gotten into the sport for the love passion and and care for skydiving and many of us have gotten into it with the grandeur dreams of 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 being the skydiver who's doing something beyond just what we started with and, and man there are people who are made and love throw made for and love throwing drugs and will always be full-time drug throwers and that is phenomenal i absolutely love that but there are a bunch of people who started throwing drugs started shooting videos started doing aff to live the life of skydiving and wanted to, to further their dream and didn't want to get i mean stuck because that's where they don't want to be uh, uh stuck in, in that role and and you could very well be in that place. I know Alex and, and Chris really have dreamt of, of doing more. And it's it's something that, man, it, it's a challenge. Oh, it, yeah. And that's why I think one of the things that you guys, Alex, Chris, and, and yourself know talked about is that challenge of transitioning from that full-time mindset. Mm -hmm. uh, Alex, I, I'm curious because you're recently doing this. This is still fresh. Um, how how is What's the hardest part of that transition that you're finding? Um, there are There are definitely a couple of challenges that come with it. Um, trying to integrate with the fun jumper community a little bit more because one of the things that we touched on um, with Neil these past days have just been uh, how, how you're perceived as a member of jump staff. You might not necessarily think these people who are throwing drugs out there are, are capable of doing movement jumps or whatever uh, whatever jumps people want to be doing. So just getting a chance to make the time to fly with new people and kind of put yourself out there in a way that's um, you know, presentable and just just getting to know people better as fun jumpers too, because you know we see a lot of these people on the drop zone on weekends, but we're always on different sides of things because I'm working their fun jumping. So just just getting to hang out with those people a little bit more was a challenge at first. So I'm trying to do better at it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. For me, and I say for me, I, I made a different transition. I really believe my transition was easier from full time instructor to full time examiner. There's kind of a natural handoff. There's a natural, uh, like, it makes sense that DJ knows a lot about being an instructor or an examiner. He's been an instructor forever. Right. But there, there's still that transition because things changed financially for me quite a bit when I started the rating center. Um, basically, hey, man, thank you, Steve Boyd, for giving me a full-time position on your drop zone. Um, I made a 1,000-plus jumps a year, so I made a healthy enough paycheck. Um, I could always make more, but... Um, dude, I, I was in a good place. Steve, Steve and, and the boys were good to me, but I wanted to try my own thing. And man, the first few months did not make the same paycheck. Of course not. And that's, take that dip. yeah, that, that's one of the things that I, before I made the transition, I actually was doing good because I learned pretty quickly and thought ahead quick enough that I, I need to take some hit weekends. You know, that's one of the things I think you guys talked about as well is, is for me, there's weekends early on that I was just out coaching canopy stuff for free when I was trying to build canopy courses. And today, I'll still do some of that. Um, there are times that I go out as an examiner and I would do jumps with people just to say, hey, man, you want to do this to see if you can do it? Let's I'll do, just pay for my jump. I'll, I'll go do that with you, man. That's yeah. great. Um, and to this day, the rating center has that policy. If you want, we'll, we'll give anybody one free skills check jump and that jump will be catered to is it a coach course or an aff course uh, a tandem course i need to see you can exit good and i can see that you need to land good if you can do those two things tandem course and make good decisions 
Um, pretty easy. The uh, uh, um, we'll go out with you and do a jump and tell you where you're at, where you're ready for, what you need to do, and and that is something I don't see enough coaches do. Um, I will praise Alex and Chris because they both do work w- with me. Um, I've asked them to do some give back events, help out for free. Um, and quite frankly, I don't think I needed to ask them to. I think they would have volunteered if they knew what it was there, because uh, they both already uh, back to Gary V, your favorite person, a uh, jab jab hook. <laughs> Uh, are you familiar with the term jab, jab, hook? Yeah. Have we talked about it on no. the show? No. 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 Um, the jab, throw out that free advice. Throw out that little bit of help. Throw out that little bit of something because the jab is just lulling them into a sleep so you can swing in with that hook they don't see coming. That hook is where you, hey, man, now you're in a course. Hey, now I'm paying, Now you're paying me for coaching. I never thought about and, that. Yeah, I, I love the way he puts it in, in a business mindset. You have to understand that mindset. You have to. From uh, what I believe is my type of business owner, it's also a good mindset because you should be feeding your community. They're yeah. feeding you. Yeah. So you should be doing something to help. I mean, like giving back to the community is a huge part of what uh, we try. Of course. I mean, we wouldn't be there without the community. Yeah, Dude, it's... God, man, I, I can't thank the Texas Skydiving community enough for supporting what we do, our family, believing and trusting us enough um, they believe in, in Nick and what he does in his role. They trust him for advice. They seek Even Nick though he's for an advice, asshole. man. Like, thank you. I mean, how crazy is that to think, dude? People seek, and, and think about for any of you assholes in this room, people seek us out for advice now. It's scary. Yeah. Remember when you weren't that person who should be signed oh, up for yeah. advice, oh, Nick? Yeah. I'm sh- not sure that I'm not still that person. <laughs> Let's yeah, exactly. go. You're not. Get fucked. Um, dude, it's so it's so cool to to see where everybody's come from and gone to. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, are you guys gonna hate me? I gotta go pee. No, go pee. pee, 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 pee. Doesn't matter. Yeah. It's it's funny okay. you bring yeah. that point up, DJ. You just jogged the my people. memory. That was uh that was a big thing mentally for me too. Like transitioning. Does this microphone seem soft? hundred percent. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bump 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 you up. How do I sound? Oh, that's, beautiful. That's okay. I noticed Thank myself you. laughing super loud earlier, and it sounded loud in my headphones. I'm like, ooh, I'm probably I'm you, probably breaking eardrums. You do laugh loud, but yeah. we have a uh, but but no man, the software outside of this I think cleans it up pretty good. All right. Uh, but yeah, you brought up a good point of, of making that transition. And for the longest, like, I still remember what it was like rolling up in 2017 and knowing nothing and being scared shitless of everyone who worked on the drop zone because I'm like, I don't know anything. And that scares me, like, all that. So it was an interesting transition for me to make, becoming a coach and realizing where my skill set was, where I wanted it to be, and also, like, where that skill set could help somebody else um, along their progression as well. Um, it definitely wasn't a mental hurdle, hurdle that I saw coming, but once it happened and I realized that it was happening, it made it a little bit easier to, uh, you know, get in touch with that skill set and then accept that I did, in fact, have a decent amount to offer to people. Um, but I, I just didn't see something like that coming. <laughs> and it's uh, it's interesting to see and watch. And I want to get some questions from Neil about this, but I, I really want to get Nick's perspective as well because one of my challenges I faced was I felt like I was abandoning skydive Spaceland, who's been very gracious and very good to me. And I'm going out and doing my own thing. Um, and I didn't want to neglect what was, what was given to me. I didn't want to neglect what was I, where, what I was allowed to be part of. Um, and so for me, it was very important early on. I worked, uh, almost every weekend that I didn't have a course. I worked as needed, which meant I was working all the time because early on I didn't have as much work. Uh, but I've continued to train their lead instructors. I've continued to give guidance to the program. 
I've continued to, uh, I mean, Nick La and I are, are working on a great project right now, the uh, online first jump course. Um, and by the way, my ass was busy working all day because the studio is almost done. So Hell yeah, yeah um, you'll, we'll be happy to, uh, we figure you're going to be in there more just for funsies anyways. So Man, it seems like a cool spot. I'm excited to hang out there. It is, man. I, I am really excited to start getting tips uh, built, the tip ship that we've talked about, the little little gig, side gigs we have. Um, uh, uh, fuck a duck, man. Um, you got oh, ducks? Yeah, so no, just giving back to the DZ and not abandoning uh, really my roots, man. You see yeah. what's happening? I'm going to die. <laughs> Ralph strikes again. Oh, my God. I'm going to take care of the cat. We, we got a cat <laughs> so, on the desk. So Nick. Oh, no, oh, no he's done. Uh, he's giving it up. Nick, um, what I, and that's where I, I want to come to the DZ manager's perspective because let's be real, Alex and Chris can be very valuable parts of your staff. You, they, you can lean on full-time guys like that. I was part of that staff at some point. So one of the messages I'm conveying here through these guys is if this is your dream and this is your goal, these are the things that these guys are facing. You're not the only one, and this is how they've overcome it. But at the same time, how can they work well with you? What What's your problem, and what do you face when this happens? Man, it's a tricky one. Dude, and, and I got is, you two people on two sides of the same, right? I mean, <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry. You're, you're uh, describing a real-life conflict that, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. that, man, I would say drove a, a wedge between Alex and I for, for a minute. Totally. And I hope you don't mind me talking about that openly. No. no I hope no. you guys don't mind, because I knew all of this, and I've, I've been very careful to approach it. No, we, it. we can talk about Perfect. it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it really, from my perspective, just really depends on what else is happening at the drop zone as far as how easy it is to go without uh, all of our teammates. And, you know, I've realized I, I value hard work a lot. And I value the people that make the drop zone run because without them, it doesn't. And that's a problem. And I have been certainly guilty of keeping the team too small for the sake of the people who are the highest contributors getting the most work. Uh, for those of you that don't know how that works, uh, yeah, we, if we have... Instructors sm- love that, by the way. Yeah, the, some of them do. <laughs> and I've got to be really clear that not all of them do. Oh. Some people get really upset at me when we don't have enough people and they're jumping too much or when there's work available for them on their days off. I mean, I've always been the person I'm totally willing to work seven days a week. Like I still do. Like I, I like to work. I like to be busy. And those are the people that I tend to cater to, the people that want to be busy, the people that want the work, and they want the team to be small because they want the largest amount of work. Yeah. Not everybody's like that. There are plenty of people who, man, they, they just mm-hmm. are regular people that want a regular job, and it just so happens to be skydiving, and it just so happens to look like that you know but they don't they want their two days off and man they want to travel and they want to do other stuff that's not they're not committed to work and man that's a totally sane and balanced perspective to have a work-life balance like people want that and that's a thing that i should realize is normal and uh, you know i have to it sucks like i'm really uh pretty friendly with everybody at the drop zone like i consider most people who are staff friends as well and it's tricky to not, uh, you know, it's like I want to be friends with everybody. I want everybody to like me. I want everybody to feel like I'm doing a good job. I want everybody to be happy that I'm the manager and not some somebody else that would do uh, less of a job. But, man, that means I'm going to be hated by at least some portion of the staff. Yeah. If I have enough people that we can afford to have 
you know, Chris and Alex out participating in an event and someone else is out visiting family and somebody else is doing whatever, whatever. Someone's teaching a course for the rating center. It's like, man, we if if everybody wants that level of freedom to participate in the uh, rest of their life that isn't being involved in jump staff operations at the drop zone, then I have to have more people on our team than the people who work the hardest and want the highest number of work jumps than they would like. And it's a bigger number than, than I would like. If I'm being honest, like to me, my perfect team is the small, capable, driven team that will show up and do it no matter what's happening. Yes. Like that's the team that I want to have. That's the team that I want to build. But, uh, you know what? That's not everybody. Not everybody wants to do that. And I have to factor in some, balance to that so if you uh want to be nice to the drop zone manager in the transition like this i would say giving as much uh warning as possible being really clear with your intentions and what you are and aren't willing to do and what time you are and aren't uh willing to give and realize that it might take a couple of conversations to get uh the message through clearly and all the way and to even keep that in the forefront of that person's mind because man i can get really task saturated and bogged down and forget entire conversations until someone reminds me that it happened and uh so patience realizing that you know i've only ever been the manager at skydive space land which is a pretty busy place and so to know that uh i'm imagining that most drop zone managers certainly the few that i've talked to have a similar feeling of like You'll just never be caught up on your to-do list. Like yeah, you'll, you, the only thing that will keep you from having something to do is just deciding that you're done doing stuff for the day, and that's uh, totally fine. Um, but uh, just know that the the person who you're laying this news upon is probably stressed out by like eight other things before you showed up with the uh, complication of uh, hey, now we don't have enough people with this person removed from the equation, and. Uh, it's, you know, especially like someone like Alex is a great example of like, man, I want you to chase whatever your skydiving dream is to chase because I know, I mean, even Chris Brewer today, we had a conversation, like just quick passive conversation in the video room. He said, man, it feels so good to learn. And it's like, that's, that makes me smile. That's Same. progress, right? Like that's progression. That's the Amen. thing that all of us like about skydiving and about our lives is that we're being, we're, we're moving forward towards what we perceive as the better thing. Right. And uh and I want that for everybody, especially my friends, like especially people that I care about. Like if you had to hold it in your heart forever of like, man, I'm less of a skydiver, less of a person, less of a whatever, because that asshole Nick Lott wouldn't let me do whatever, then man, that that thought eats at me. Mm. But um I just have to balance that with uh how much I want the people with families and real bills to be able to stay, sustain their lifestyle and not struggle to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. And so uh, those are two very different things and very different uh, draws and necessities from different people with different lives. And, man, I just have to be okay that not everybody's going to like me all the time. Sometimes the people that work real hard are going to be pissed off at me because I hired somebody else. <laughs> and sometimes uh, the people who want to participate in events and have time off are going to be grateful that it's not a big deal for the drop zone to accommodate that because we have the staff for it. And uh, 
It's just tricky. It's just a hard line to walk, and the more yeah. sorry to, to yeah, no, I, I started rambling for a little bit, no. but uh, a lot of notice, a lot of patience, a lot of clarity and communication. I will uh, just give him as much notice yeah. as he can. So I have Go a ahead. lot of experience at this, and I say I have a lot of experience at this because. Nick loves when I do this. Hey, Nick, um, has Ivy talked to you about quitting and working for me? <laughs> hey, Nick, has Alex talked to you about quitting and working? Hey, Nick, has Chris, Chris Fudala quit? So um, I've had this conversation, actually a fuckload. Um, I always do it with the utmost respect and preparation, and here's my mindset. Uh, and I think this will satiate Nick. Number one, what he said is timing, timing, timing. Timing means partially when you announce it, uh, no, no, oh, fuck it. When you announce it, um, he's on the 3D printer and he's not really supposed to be on that, that whole contraption. That's okay. Um, uh, time it. Man, I see Nick has an overloaded, busy day. I see my DZ manager has a busy, crazy day. I see he's not in a good mood. I've seen that such and such dipshit is acting up as normal and has got under his skin. Let me find a time that's chill and casual and that we're enjoying a good conversation. Hey, Nick, I just wanted to share some of my goals with you. Here's some of my goals. So timing. Wait till it's good and he's in a comfortable, fun place and that you're sharing your good news with him and your goals and your aspirations. Uh, number one. Number two, timing. I try to give a month's notice. I recommend planning this shit out six months ahead of time for a few reasons. Number one, I'm going to tell you six months ahead of time because it's going to take me two weeks to fucking tell you because you're not in a good mood until two weeks from, and it's just timing. It's just is what it is. You got to lube him up. You got to give him a handy, man. You got to get him nice and lubed. Um, I like it dry. Ready for, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Nice. Six weeks also is, is Alex was very eager to to make the progress he's made. And and I say eager, he's worked very hard to do so. And I think he very quickly learned that that it's going to take some time to to, to transition just to get that recognition back to that early complaint. People don't know who I am and what I'm doing. So, man, Nick, I'm going to give you as much time as I can so I can still make some money off of you while I'm slowly transitioning over and telling the world this is what I'm doing. It's a very natural way to grow what you want to go. I like it. So business-wise, it's respectful of your own process, and it's a process you can follow and grow from. And then it's respectful of, hey, Nick, have you, you've not been happy with me when I share these I want to steal somebody newses with you, but I think you've always understood and, and got it. Is that yeah, I mean, I think Man. from uh, anyone who is driven or pursues goals, I think knows the torture of feeling stagnant. And so I can understand that I'm not the only person that's had this emotion, that other people, you know, crave and uh, deserve progress. That's all totally fine. But uh, yeah, the conversations can sting and can be annoying and can come at bad times and can. Uh, cause dread and stress and everything else but hey that's uh that's just part of life right yeah it, it man it is and, and i want to get to neil on the same question and neil just uh, i i I'm think i'm thinking about jumpers out there who are wanting to transition to the lifestyle that we've been talking about with you alex uh, uh various ones of us who found different lives and uh the common things that what what, what concerned alex what was alex's trepidation fear or hang up um what is the problem on the DZ side. What is, hey buddy, what is, uh, what's the most common thing you see about amongst coaches who are trying to break into from full-time staff to coaching world? Most problem. I don't, um, honestly don't see that many people nowadays trying to break the boundaries. There's a, there's a handful. Uh, big, big thing is, is making that. Get a little closer to that microphone. Fine. Thank you. 
The big thing is, is I think something that Chris touched base mm-hmm. on was the perception that you get based on the role that you have, right? And in that, in a sense, is uh, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. So when you are a tandem video AFF guy, you often get trapped in that mindset from all of the fun jumpers, even if you're more than capable of doing a lot of the things that other people are. Big difference is the guys that are doing it full time are never taking a day off on that precision, right? When you're doing tandems, you're building a certain muscle memory that's going to continuously build into you. I've seen it with some of my really good friends who I've known have been shredders, and then they go live the tandem life for a while, and then they have a whole bunch of stuff they have to retrain themselves on. Um, but I think the big boundary is just kind of what you were saying earlier, is taking that leap into that realm, knowing you're not going to make anything for a minute. You're going to lose all of that that uh, continuous income to train in yourself, put time into yourself, and then uh, also through that, through working with other people, reframe the people around you's mind that you're that type of person that's willing to devote everything. Because just like we all started, right? How many of us didn't give everything to be here? Right, exactly. No hands, right? We've all given everything to be where we are. So once you set the mindset in that direction, I feel like it, it will come if you are at that skill set, capable, um, work well with people, and can speak with many different types of people. Um, but I think the biggest thing is the breakout of if you feel like you're there, you really should take the time to, you know, double check reference. If I'm at the skill level and I see other people doing it, there's no reason I can't, but it's got to start with the same thing you were saying, giving a little bit love, doing some free jumps, having the people around you that are at your drop zone, realize that you're someone that can coach them, can teach them. And then slowly working that into, um, well, and the other big thing is networking, right? Sure. I think that's probably the biggest. I spent a lot of years traveling around the country more for own records and fun jumps and things like that off time, learning from other people and uh, just meeting people, you know, without any intention of it ever being anything. Really, it was just traveling, having fun, skydiving. But I, I feel like the network of people knowing you as well as you know them is a very big thing. So maybe that those are the two biggest breakouts, putting yourself out there as that type of person and also having a network growing that network uh, as an individual to be able to work with other places, right? Because when you first start out, if say if you want to run a camp anywhere, uh, who are you going to contact? You know, first of all, if you want to be respectful, you're going to contact the DZO or manager to try and set something up. If you don't have those contacts, how are you going to know to do that? And how are they going to know you, right? So if you start stretching your network out, going and doing fun jumps in other places, having these interactions with business owners. It's going to allow you to grow your your network and then have those conversations when the time comes up that you want to start doing those things. And that networking for sure worked because Nick and I both talked to you uh, days apart. I think you talked to Nick first and, and me second, but we both talked to you. Like, hey, Neil Coleman wants to come down to a camp. We're both like, fuck yeah. Um, and it's because you have gone out, made nice face, said nice words, been good to people. And I think that's because you're a good person. Um, and, and you've got. I'm, a, I'm an asshole deep yeah. down, just like Nick. I don't believe that for a second. Yeah. So up, you've man. made friends and, and you know. Part of being nice to people is a selfish motivation of it gets you places. It was very easy for you to get your foot in the door here, being friends with us. I think I think part of being nice to people is just seeing uh, yourself and other people. It's not very hard to be nice to people when you can easily understand that we're all the, we're all the fucking same. 
Nick, Doesn't, I want to be inside you. Jesus. That's fine. That can be what arranged. happened, Alex? Alex, save me I, I don't from know. this that chair. Turn. <laughs> it turned, they're on the futon, bro. That could be called a love seat. It it's could be called a love seat. Couch. There are stains on this couch for a reason. <laughs> we were talking stains. about this today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Too close. There's, to there the is crusty, gooey crud. <laughs> I don't even. I'm couch. glad that you guys forced me to this chair. Yeah. Now, I don't. Well, anyway. This is, this is where Scrappy lives when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm at home. So all the drool and crap from that dog. I want to be honest. When you told me that one was named Scrappy, what did you guys think the other name was? <laughs> you do. Wait, of, Scooby? His, of the dog? Yeah, yeah. No, no. Oh, I mean, I get Coco. Now you, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was, see, I wouldn't have come up with the that. Bush. Yeah. I say that all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. The foot up a cut. Yeah. Yeah. Take it, take it, take it. Now smell it. I don't know this. <laughs> Zoolander. No, what? Zohan. No, Zohan. Don't Zohan. Zohan. Okay, Zohan. great. Don't mess with the Zohan. Yeah. Scrappy Coco. Yeah. Is it bubble? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every yeah, I say it every time I come over to DJ's house and I see the dogs. I'm like Scrappy Coco. Yeah, it was so it hard. Makes me think of it every yeah, time. So, every, as soon as I hear Scrappy. Yep. Same. Thank you, Adam Sandler. <laughs> Another movie I own. Uh, I, I don't own the best movies in the world. I own the best movies. In oh, the world. dude! Speaking of movies, Drop Zone. Last night you turned that on. I went to bed early. I didn't want to. I was tired, but man, is that a good one? I love that movie. Is that I believe you've touted that as your favorite skydiving um, movie? No, it is one of. Cutaway is my favorite skydiving okay. movie. Cutaway's I'm not good. saying it's a good movie. I'm saying it's a phenomenal movie. It just has horrible acting. Um, but Drop Zone is number two by far. Yeah, um, some of the little words, that, the little stuff you don't know unless you're a skydiver. Yeah. The chick opens up, like she grabs a Budweiser before she goes, goes and does that jump with him. All those Bombay doors and chases him down. It's like, what the? I don't know, different times. I, uh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I do think um, uh, Fandango has one of the best skydiving scenes ever. Um, and if you've never watched the skydiving scene from Fandango, the first jump course is approximately 45 seconds long. Um, and I, I really believe that might actually be the time. Uh, if not, it's two minutes max. It's just I think it's 45 seconds. And it is absolutely actually a comprehensive first jump course. But only using the titles. And if you're going to do this, you're going to PLF. You do this, you're going to like And he, man, if you followed suit and you know what you're talking about, you're like, Dude, just thought a first jump course in 45 seconds. I just, if anybody ever wants to uh, understand my uh, dry eraser board, go watch Fandango. It's very, very similar. You don't want to go here, but then you go here. You go, it's, it's absolutely the same. Yeah, I think Marvin McIntyre is his name. Oh, that guy's great. Did yeah. you ever see the, the, the extended scene where he's flying through the city and underneath the bridges? Yeah, yeah. Is that, but yeah. Helicopter chasing him down. He pulls up next to some people, asks directions. Great scene. And I'm going to have to look that up. Uh, Fandango that. is really a long, slow, boring movie. It really is. Up until the end. Um, I mean, just the skydiving scene alone, though, is worth it. Um, I, I think we've talked about it on the show. Do you know where that skydiving scene came from originally? It looks like in Arizona. No, no. What, what the origins of, of that scene is? No. The whole movie's founded off of that. Some Santa Barbara school students, uh, Nick, or not Nick, uh, sunglasses over there can look it up. Yo, Horace, check the, check the black box, I'm looking please. it up right now. Horace. Uh, the, some some uh, Santa Barbara school film students uh, were, were putting a short together. It's just a school project, and that's what they chose was, was that jump scene, and eventually was picked up by some studio and turned into some movie. Um, no I'm, I'm very positive of these facts. The, the right school name I might be wrong of, and some of the no right way. wording might be wrong, but but the overall gist of it is there. Um, Horace, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking up. Um, 
where you're talking about the senior. So hey, just man. to make sure I understand correctly, it was uh, like film students filmed yeah. the skydiving scene, and that's like the entire movie was built around yes. those shots. Yeah, oh, really. Okay. Well, that yeah, makes sense I'm, because I'm, it's so long and drawn out. You've never seen Fandango? No, I've seen the skydiving scene from Fandango. But I don't know that I've seen the movie in its entirety. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm almost certain, other than a movie night that we had at the Drop Zone, where we played Drop Zone, and I watched some of it. Oh, dude, it's no, so good. I don't think I've seen those so movies good. since I started skydiving, with Just, the exception of Point Break. Yeah, Point Break is also... You know, Point Break was the Hollywooded version, but if you're a skydiver and you watch Drop Zone, you just... I started to pick up on USC. all sorts of things I never heard when I first watched it, mm-hmm. you know, just because it's a very, I don't know, skydive lingo, just like surf lingo, just like snowboard lingo. It's all sorts of. Yeah, I get it. Like you, know, you feel like you're in the club when you watch the movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly that. Yeah. And, I mean, and not to mention the, the visuals, the, some of the shots with the plane banking and did great cinematography as well with a movie and where point break did that as, as well but very much on the Hollywood drama side of the scheme, right? This was just, yeah, different. But anyway, carry on. The student, the movie's based on a short student film directed by Kevin Reynolds when he was a USC uh, film school. The student film is basically just a skydiving sequence based on a true story. Steven Spielberg, having seen the student film uh, Proof was the name of it in 1980, recruited Reynolds to direct a full-length movie based on it. So there's wow. your useless skydiving trivia. Get all Spielberg. Yeah. I know that and why Lou Sanborn's D1. Other than that, I'm pretty lost. So It's because you're old, DJ. No. You're fucking old. No, no. Uh, you're not. Actually, you, at the age you told me the other day, which I will not disclose. I'm 49. I'm fucking uh, super open about I would it. not have super. guessed that in the slightest. Yeah. He feels like a few years older than me, which is part of why I feel like we get along. But you're just like us. You're a giant child. Amen. 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 Forever. I swear, have I told you how D1 came to be? I don't know that I've heard that story. Uh, so I only know the story. Wait, D, go ahead. D one, D one, the license number. D one. Okay, so D one is Lou Sanborn. Who is D two? Is it Ted Strong? Nope. Jacques Estelle, and nobody knows that. Nobody cares. Who's right? Jacques? Jacques Estelle, dude. He is a founding father of modern skydiving. He, he, Jacques Estelle. Um, so when they started the instructor rating system way, way back when, um, and I think 1957 is when D1 was issued. I don't remember the year now. Um, and this I learned through rating systems, and what I did as an instructor, we used to give instructor numbers. Hey, congratulations, you're an AFF instructor. To sign your rating, you put your member number and AFFI month and year of expiration. That's okay. how you sign it. Uh, there's not an instructor number? No, they had instructor numbers. And I1 and I2, uh, I1 and D1 were up at the same time. Lou and Jacques both wanted I1. They flipped the coin. Jacques won. He got I1. Lou lost, so he took D1. D1, the loser, is the only thing that exists now because instructor numbers don't exist anymore. So Jacques Estella is that foundational that they he was up for I1. Who's I2. D3? Can't fucking tell you. Who's D4? I. I, I I know D1 and D2. That's I, it. I don't know. And I, I, and I, I, I can't give them shit. I don't know anyone. Yeah. I mean, the fact that I know that shit is just sad and pathetic. My virginity no. stands out. No, nah. Well, you ha- <laughs> you're married, so I... You I have know. no kids. You still don't know if I'm a virgin or not. Fair. Yeah. So I'm we, pretty sure with your demeanor that you've had sex at least once. We've copulated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've touched. OTPHJ. Uh, um, you ever watch Big Bang Theory? 
Sorry, I just really like this. <laughs> Copulated? No, over the pants hand. Oh, TBH? Oh, that's you know what, what that was. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, a sinister man. You, you got my glasses off for the first time in two hours. You got that's all steamy in there. Solid. What's up? Woo. Okay, carry on. Sorry. I don't know what we're talking about. What are we talking about? I have no clue. Oh, TBH? I'm just rubbing my face on this. Yeah. Dude, I can it, hear. it feels good, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> you feel better now? Yeah. No, it's just enjoyable. So we talked a little bit about what you're doing with Tweedledee and Tweedledum over here. Um, man, guys, if you really are interested in breaking into the scene of coaching, a couple things I recommend is, number one, hire, hire a coach to train, train you to coach. Yeah. Uh, Tex does a leadership workshop, uh, oh, not just him. He's doing uh, the one this weekend. When yeah. did that I just when did that pop up? It's been on the I thought it was next weekend. What? Let me, oh, uh, D- I'll have to look. Okay, so DJ double booked me. No, it's this weekend. No, it, it popped who, up after we booked. Who told you it was this weekend? I think it's Alex. I thought it, someone it's was so, saying it's that not, it was this It's the weekend. following weekend. I heard it like this morning. I would love to see Tex. Uh, I haven't seen Tex in a 13th. minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Ah, okay. So and that popped up wrong. after we booked this. So, um, uh, Alethea, no, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Sharon, a couple people. So go to those leadership workshops. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Hire Neil Kuhlman and talk about coaching and leadership. Uh, hearing Chris Brewer, who is, is he a T3? Is that what he got to? Yeah. Uh, T3. T3. Uh, High-level trainer in the tunnel. If that, you don't know what that means. It means like super shredding ninja. 9,000-some jumps. Skydiving most of his life. 11,000 jumps. 11,000 jumps. Dude's a fucking massive shredder, and he enjoyed being a student and learning today, man. It, it, like, um, It doesn't matter who we are. Getting coaching is good. I took four basic canopy courses after teaching basic canopy courses. Go and take camps that are quote unquote below your skill set because you want to see how it's being done. You want to be reminded of what those people are going through and you want to see what those levels really are and go with the expectation of pain and being a participant. But also, I, I did this with Raul. I wanted to go to his big way camp. And he uh, was like, DJ, I'm not going to charge you. I'm going to use you as a ringer. At least I know you can fucking fly. So you're going to help me out. And I'm going to put you in slots and just get you to help where you can. Um, which I was super blessed. Thank you, Raul. Um, but man, take that opportunity to put yourself in that student's learning environment bef- to remind yourself what it's like to be there. It really oh, yeah. is tremendous. Well, yeah. I'm, I, I look forward to hearing what Chris had to say about things for the last... Because Chris is... You know, a bit down the line, like I have been, you know, he's done mm-hmm. a lot of the same things, gone yeah. through the grind and then worked up. But, uh, man, it, uh, giving back towards your own skill set, you yeah. know, don't yeah. forget it. Cause I was telling these guys, I spent a lot of time coaching. I don't, you know, you spend so much time, you don't get all the time to go back and nurture your skill set. And then you get like Rusty. I mentioned this the last time we were on this podcast. It's like a knife, right? If you leave it outside to oxidize and get all sorts of, nasty you gotta spend a lot of time to clean that thing up and get it sharp again but if you keep it sharp spend a little bit of time investing in yourself over whatever period of time it is um learn from other people learn other skill sets of hand you just feel sharp all the time it, it really sharpen yourself i mean it, it's it's going to be a huge help um Sorry, my brain broke. So we've talked about Tweedledee and Tweedledum. You're also here doing a beginner intermediate. Actually, in this case, we're doing intermediate intermediate, intermediate camp. Um, One of the things you said is how important you think static is to the approach. So so where should I be static flying ability before I should start moving? Hmm. I don't think you need to be static ability to to start. Basic belly, of course. Uh, Yeah, yeah, basic belly. Um, as far as moving forward, 
static will help you blend all of the beautiful abilities that are to come together. If you don't have that comfortability going straight down, moving that momentum is very challenging, right? Or it's, it's, um, it's hard to feather into movement if you don't know what straight down is. So I think once you get semi-proficient at movement, take a weekend, take two weekends, take three weekends, go try to learn some static, go put some time in the tunnel. And I'm sorry, tunnel is so expensive right now, but I know everybody knows this. Um, but nurturing that skill set will make you better at the skill sets you already have. You're going to have a whole new array of skills that you're going to be able to relate to the other skills you have that are going to help work into the next, um, and you know, start head up, work to head down, you know, head down's a mo, mo bro. Um, but, uh, head down's easier to get comfortable with and head down a head up is harder to master. If you ask me just because head, head up is counterintuitive head down. It's like walking around a room, you know, head up, you have to do counter force to go the opposite way. Um, so yeah, does it, does that answer your question completely? No, no, it, it, uh, my question was kind of open-ended. So absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I wanted your take on, on the thought process. It just depends on where you want to go. If you want to stay cornered, then you stay moving. If you want to open up your skill set, you should be able to do everything. I think there, and I, man, I don't know because I have very limited angle flying or Atmanadi is what we call it in the old fuck oh, day. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't have much experience. Um, but uh, it, just in my mind, I could division if I can good, get good at turning points. And I say turning points, turning some decently fast points on my belly. Um, if I can reasonably take a good number of sit fly or head down docks, a, a good number, not saying you're going to go crank points on your head. Man, that ability to to fly in close proximity to somebody, I think, would translate quicker. Why are you pointing at me? Because I yawned? Don't fucking do that again. Man, I'm fucking tired. I will slap you in the dick. I get up early. <laughs> Come on. I'm an old man. Uh, yeah. Well, he, he does get up early, and he works hard. What time did you get up this morning? 7 a.m. Not you, him. 7 a.m. <laughs> My alarm goes off at 5.30, and I usually beat it by a couple minutes. Don't get me wrong. I fucking love the snooze button, man. Yeah. I will sleep in. I, for the most part, don't use an alarm. It's rare I use an alarm. If I have to be up before 7, I will use an alarm. But fortunately, I live uh, two miles from my office. And uh, I can go in whenever I want because I'm the boss. So that works out pretty nicely. Hell yeah. So I I yell at me. So uh, Ivy, our only other employee, is late all the fucking time. Do do you yell at her too? I don't care. <laughs> uh, I actually, uh, we, we have very loose hours. We come in around this time. We leave around this time. As long as your job is done, I don't care. It, it's um, it's a very European uh, 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 standard. It's not a common in the U.S. either. or not unheard of, but it is, we, we definitely don't uh, focus on a clock. Well, it's so. a Denmark-based company, right? Dude, Get yeah. Get that European. That European mentality. Dude, in Denmark, they require, uh, Danish law requires five weeks of vacation a year. Oh, that's crazy. Come on, America. Get it together. I bet a lot of them are doing four-day work weeks, too. Um, I don't know. We do five-day work weeks. Um, Our work hours are much shorter um, in Denmark than they are uh, in the U.S. I say ours, LMB's uh, work hours are much shorter in Denmark than than average U.S. uh, work hours, but... uh, I would definitely say the team's efficiency and desire to work is pretty high. Yeah. Like they show up to work, they show up to do a job, they get a job done. Um, 
uh, I, I've watched and worked in there with them and to watch just people just get shit done. They have an ability to uh, communicate and talk while they work and still work. Um, but they also know when to just stop and focus on working. And, and I don't know if that's a European culture or a company culture, but it works great. It works great for our business. And Ivy's the same way, so she does well. I'm a fucking train wreck, so don't worry about me. Well, you look good. Yeah, I was going to say, you look. You don't look tired. It's that Asian don't raisin <sighs> thing. <laughs> Asian don't raisin? I don't think I've ever right. heard that. <laughs> it's real, dude. Yeah. I know a couple guys that are, you know, Kazoo? Kazu. Yeah. yeah, Kazu. Kazu. Yeah. yeah, he's a he's a avatar of a human, but yeah. looks looks still as young as can be. Yeah, Kazu, super good dude. Kazu uh, Ozuyama. Asian don't raise it. Don't raise it, dude. You do look great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would not guess he's as old as he is. Thank you, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep talking about how good looking I am. I appreciate it. Your beard looks great. Yeah, I you know I'm. Did super, you go? Did you go back to the? No, not yet. No. I'm going to. Um, I'm super happy. I'm trying to find like when is the time frame to go to. So I'm, I think it's another week, and then I'm 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 back. So uh, my only concern with this barber is that he continues working for that barber shop because I love he's done a good job on your beard. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've tried get, to, his, get his number, man. Get those digits. Yeah. Huh? Uh, I, I try. No, I do. I got his shit on my mirror. And then you're gonna get a massage. The masseuse is gonna leave, and O-T-P-H-J. your barber's gonna roll in at the house. Coming in. <laughs> No, I have to go to a barber shop for this. No, dude, get him to come to the L&B space so I can get a free beard trim and haircut once a month. Come on now. I know you got that L&B money flowing. What's up, son? Uh, No, wait, no. (laughs) Don't don't throw me under a bus. (laughs) But it's so fun. Uh, we, we, we did a little special treat for some of the team and get, got them uh, in-house massages. So. It was dope. Yeah. In-house, like under the pants in-house? No, no. Dude, no. I was okay. totally no, no, naked. No, no, no. You know, you know, the I, little, I know you would be, you know, our little warehouse room yeah. oh, at the shop. Oh, okay. Um, as soon as close that door, a little spa music playing massages. Check this out. Okay. Went and got a massage not too long ago. Standard it's massage. Like cre- standard. Standard massage. Mm, right. Standard. Lady was. Not very nice, but, you know. <laughs> all the places she's like, you, you're very, you're very stressed. And I'm like, yeah. And then she would avoid those spots. I'm like, oh, thanks. That's not how that's supposed to work. Lady. Exactly. Come on. At the very end of the massage, she takes a warm towel and puts it around the base of my neck, and like pulls up in a way, you know. You're on your back at this. I'm point? on my back, okay. right? Okay. And all of a sudden, it was just instant transition to like light tunnel and colors. Nirvana good. Amazing. And all of a sudden, I was laying flat, and I hear her say, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And I started curling up my body, and like she had spread like my, maybe my my um, my vertebrae a bit to where it, a release of pressure or something, but I totally went into trip. Oh, yeah, were you like experiencing like euphoria in your body that felt real good? Bro, or was, do you think she's no, like... Oh, no, very peaceful, broken. very happy. But it was, I started breathing super heavy, and just she didn't know if I was okay, but it was it was wild. I've never had anyone do that where it was almost uh, like the DMT DMT realm. What, was there pressure like on the sides of nope. your neck? Is she nope. choking? Nope. No? no, it was just like the stretching of the spinal column. It was really weird. Very strange, very intense. I've that never is- had that happen in a uh, massage before. <laughs> you, t- you took me to see the aliens. What the fuck? <laughs> I did. I didn't sign up for this. Do you ever That's- use an inversion table? Uh, I have. It always messes up my spine more than it helps. Man, that's crazy. I absolutely love I like, mine. I like it's a the, huge help. I like the rollers. The rollers help kind of like open yeah. the space. Um, 
the vert the the inversion inversion tables uh, i sense that when i maybe i come up too fat fast and i've come up pretty slow before uh and really trying to take the time it just always feels like everything doesn't settle the way i want it to when i stand up whereas the uh the rollers kind of just open everything up and i can roll back and forth and pop my back a little more because my back is messed up boys man i love a good hang uh, nick you you still hang upside down it's been a while yeah, you know, I was really trying to like actively stretch my hips and my lower back, and that's where I had those uh, the inversion boots, the gravity boots. Yeah, yeah, uh, where you hang from the pull up bar. Yep, that's my picture. But uh, no, I haven't been doing that. Man, I don't hang nearly as often as I want to, or, or yet. But it's when I start feeling a neck issue or a back issue, I just go sit on that table for. I say sit on a table, hang from my ankles for uh, four or five minutes, and do that a couple of days in a row. And man, oh. Just, it feels so good. It feels so good. Mm-hmm. Oh. We had one on the drop zone for a little while too, and I, I tried it out. Was there like an adjustment period for you when you first started using the inversion table? Because the first time I flipped upside down, I genuinely thought I was going to pass out. <laughs> like just all the blood rushing to my head, it was alarming. So they, so this one comes with like a limiter. So you uh, could, And okay. they recommend you start at an angle and slowly go over. Okay, I didn't do that. Um, yeah, I didn't do that either. I just full <laughs> nope, flipped upside down, yeah. stretch it out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I slowly inverted the first time I got an inversion okay, table fine. and I, very quickly realized that I was okay upside down. Got it. Yeah. But uh, I slowly <laughs> made the now I'll just pop over. But the first transition I ever made, I was told, "Don't don't be foolish." I'm I'm just realizing I'm a fucking asshole right now. Yeah, I think just I'm, realizing. I'm, well, I thought, yo, I thought <laughs> no, we started this. Fucking let me, another thing time that him. I was an asshole on accident. Uh, I think that I'm okay being upside down because uh, like uh, practicing handstands and everything. I think I just sure. got okay, especially well, with exertion. Oh, you could you're down. built like a circus acrobat, oh, so you should you. be used to being flattering. upside down. You're welcome. You Wait a minute. Midget Arm, wrestler? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah no, was, no, that's what I was saying. He's like, he should be used to being upside down <laughs> because that's you. his nature. Your thank mom you was that. probably upside down when she had you. Probably. That doesn't make mm, sense. Probably. Probably. Uh, dude, why are we talking about his mom? Uh, Connie's a nice lady. Funny. She is a nice lady. It's funny because I'm, we're, we're, we're trying to be comedians. So we're, yeah, we're working on this we're, is a working on material here. Okay, great. And, and I like Keep my friends. Talk more about my mom. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Connie is completely Connie embarrassed is about nice. your handling of wine glasses. <laughs> That's true. Uh, hey. Anyway, hold on. Gravity boots. I put them on text. Whoa. So these are the ones that you, you put them on and you hang upside down. There's no other accessible on the angle. Hooks. On the hooks? On the hooks. On the, okay. Over the pull-up bar. Gravity boots. And, uh, that you, the, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and Tex had seen mine and expressed interest in trying them out. And so he just put them on and hopped right up on the, the pull-up bar fully upside down. And I just couldn't understand why... He didn't. He fucking hated it. He couldn't relax. Everything about it was was off for him. And I was like, man, that's super weird because it feels really good when I do it. Had no uh, consideration for the fact that it's probably something you should ease your way into. <laughs> sorry, Tex. Yeah, sorry, Tex. I'm an asshole. We haven't mentioned that was an accident. Though. That yeah, was. I accident. didn't like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was because his mustache was so yeah, heavy. Probably. It was probably. Yeah, I was weighing him down. Weight. Yeah. Man, I don't know. It's a. Uh, I. Uh, the, I don't know a bunch of inversion tables, but the teeter gets all the way so you're hanging purely from your ankles. Oh, yeah. And I take several good, like about a minute to two minutes of just slow, deep breathing. And every time I, I let out, I just let my head sink to the floor and just feel like I'm separating completely. Oh, that's good for you. And then it's got the handles on the board so I can just reach around and give my body just a nice little twist. And I don't put any torque to it. I just pull my body around, twist, pull it around, and 
at some point I'll take a deep breath and just hear just my whole I can't make noises my whole back separate I'm like oh you have one here uh, yeah. Okay. I might try that later. Yeah, it's in the yeah. overcrowded front room. Beautiful. Anybody? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Anybody want a couch? Next front room. Anybody need a new couch? Get rid of a couch. Need a couch. Man, remember drop zone couches? Oh, dude. Yeah, dude. That was a great place to get rid of couches. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we got a burn pile going. Uh, no, this is actually a decent couch. Well, let All me right. let me shift this over here. Uh, DJ, how did you? Uh, you started as an IE moving into this whole thing you did. That's my transition, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, explain a little bit of that to everybody because that's, for me, that uh, what I've seen you do with the time you have it had, it's been pretty impressive. Yeah. So it went from, you know... Uh, I was an examiner for about two years before I transitioned to full-time examiner. About, yeah, yeah a then, year and a half, and I then guess. And it, it was IE. When did you start the company? Hey, Valerie. Hi, sweetheart. Thank you. Um, man, I I, uh, I became an examiner in 06. Um, started doing courses in 06. Uh, Chris Brewer was one oh, of my first candidates. Not 06, my first. Yeah. Before I even jumped. Yeah. Um, uh, worked for a while as a full-time instructor and did more and more examiner stuff. And quite frankly, my freedom was blessed to uh, financial independence. Um, I had been in a lot of debt most of my life. And in 08, I went out of debt. I got myself out of the hole. And because I was out of the hole, I went, I think, three or four months of being debt-free and saving up money. That was a good time. And after three or four months of being debt-free and saving up money, I knew I could survive. And and I just said, fuck it. Went up to Steve Sr. and said, hey, man, thank you for everything. I have these goals and these aspirations. And my goal is to be a larger asset to you guys in this capacity. Um, and thankfully Steve senior supported it. Um, I, I know him well and we've had conversations, so I don't think he necessarily loved it early on, but he supported it. And, and honestly, man, that means more to me that the fact that he didn't necessarily like it and want it and was against it, but still supported it to me that that says a lot. And, uh, today I believe he does agree that I, I did become a bigger asset this way. Agreed. So, yeah, no, um, what you guys have done down here is impressive. Yeah. I don't see anything like what I see with, with TRC and, uh, the drop zones down here. Yeah, it's man. I, you know, I think Brom has done a good job with skydive ratings and Z Hills and their relationship there. So, I mean, but Brom has, uh, his business has been, his company has been in business 13 years longer than mine has. Um, he's like 95. I'm 08. Which Brom? Uh, Brom Clement. He Scott I've ratings. He is the godfather ah. of modern yes. uh, uh, examiner schools. Um, Someone you took after a little bit? Maybe? Um, so I had very little. Uh, as a matter of fact, I had little to no communication with Brom. I knew of him as an examiner. I saw him at meetings because he was a senior guy. So you listened when he spoke up. Um, he owned the only, the biggest and oldest school doing it. Um, so I had no examiner influence from Brom, but I looked at his business model and I emulated what he was doing, um, to a point that I think Brom, uh, was offended and felt like I was stepping mm -hmm. on his toes. Mm -hmm. Um, I do know at some point I was able to talk to Brom in an examiner meeting and said, Hey man, I want you to know that if you see anything I'm doing that emulates what you do, I tell you right now it, it is because you have set a standard, you've set a bar and then this is how a successful company in our industry works. Um, I like the business mindset you bring, and I like the examiner mindset you bring. So if you see me ever doing that, I, I'll tell you right now, I am emulating you. And I apologize. And he took it so respectfully and so well. And uh, we never had a problem in our relationship. 
But uh, after that moment, we had a relationship. That's good. So yeah, um, having those tough talks. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, it's been cool because I've been in a corner of a room or in a hallway with these meetings with him, Jay Stokes, and myself talking through the nuts and bolts of what we want to present and to be included in those two names. Those those are legends in oh, yeah. the examiner world. Those yeah. guys are, you know, they, they are. Um, they're absolute legends. When I retired, I think I was the fifth senior examiner, and those are two of the only guys above me. So to, to wow. be amongst those fellows, it's, it, it was cool. So yeah, I just, man, I just did what Nick talked about, what, what we all talked about. Man, I just fucking worked hard. I just, I ground, yeah. man, it, it's, be a man of your word, say what you mean, do what you say. Uh, yeah. yeah. Man, yeah. commit to things. It's just, just, drive 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 sometimes i drive too much to where i'm lost and spinning in a circle because i hold nick lot on a project for way too long hostage because i won't finish it sorry nick i love you that's okay i love you too um we'll get to it um oh man tomorrow should be a uh, polish of that of that powerpoint Perfect. Uh, be well before we get anywhere the something to touch base on what you said about emulating back off there sir uh emulating um just giving out piece of pieces of advice towards people. Um, one of the best pieces of advice I got from Mr. Michael Watkins was I have just taken the best of what I've learned from everyone and made it my own. Right. You know, so what, what you're saying, emulating, looking at people and the best of what they do, incorporating it into your business model. Steal that shit. Yeah. I don't think, uh, yeah. Try on uh, that R and D, uh, recycle and duplicate. I don't think any of the best coaches out there came up with all of the shit on their own. Oh, definitely not. Um, I think the majority. So for me, it's great because if you don't know this about me, you've never listened to the show before. I am a master bullshitter. That's that's just what I'm fucking. I good can at. smell it, Nick. Can you? Never, never. Nick, Nick says it much nicer. <laughs> I'm getting better at it. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, he's he's great. I don't think he's a master bullshitter. I think he's a he's a facilitator, master facilitator. Ah, uh, that's that's they're both true. Both of those things are absolutely yeah, true. Yeah. He is thank a master you. facilitator and he's a master bullshitter. Okay, but he, he is both, and they are separate. Okay, fair enough. I'm done. I'm good. I just mainly because I forgot what was going well, on. Yeah. Uh, Neil, I know you got a hard out because you got to pick somebody no, no, up. From no, no, no. I still got some time. Where are we? We're almost at six o'clock. It's okay. He can I'll, wait. I'll go as long as he you can go. wait. I'm enjoying this conversation. Right, you yeah. know, I'm uh, uh, so yeah. Nick, reference what you're saying to everybody. What 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 am I doing? What are you doing? Yeah, I'm about to go pick up one of my participants from the airport on the other side of town. Oh yeah, up to George uh, George Bush Airport, then right? Drive him back down. Because you're a stand-up guy. No, Man. no, no. Cause just because I'm guy? an asshole. No, no, no. I just that money. No, I, well, really, what it comes down to is I know how much this stuff costs. It's not cheap. And you know how many help, like hands up, I've had from airport to drop zone or wherever it is. Thank you, all of the people out there that have always hooked me up with a, a ride, couch to crash on, whatever it is. That's that's exactly what it is. That's the other part of networking. You're staying in a comfortable bed tonight uh, well, in a comfortable place. Well, Nick, uh, sorry. DJ's. DJ, I'm so happy that we all forget names. Yeah, it's all the time. DJ has been more than accommodating, you know. So, uh, yeah, no, it's um, yeah, help out where you can, really. So th- there, are, there are two topics that I want to talk about. We might not have time for both. So I'm is gonna, your mom one? I'm going to present them both. <laughs> your mom or my mom? We could do both. 
that's going to be four topics. <laughs> if, if if this is the topic, I want to be on top of it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's go. Why don't you get off of mothers? I just got off of yours. Uh, man, we'll bury her when you're done. That's just uh, fucking stinking by now. Oh, yeah, I love Google. Hunting. Okay, so two. There's two <laughs> topics. One uh, movement jumps at different drop zones and the commonalities that you're seeing about how different drop zones are managing that. And enforcing, building and enforcing rules. Okay. Other option, DMT, because you've referenced it a couple of times, which is more fun to talk Just about. once. Just once. Just once? How, lo- how long ago? Oh, last time? Sapo? Uh, 2019. This was a conversation I don't think we had on the podcast like ever for a really, really long time. And no. someone talked uh, really openly about psychedelics. Do you remember who that was? Alex, it was it was it Nick's mom? Was Probably it? my mom. Could I'm it, thinking of someone, but I'm not maybe entirely it, sure, so I don't want to. It could have been okay. Her. Well, so, someone okay. someone brought it up, and I feel like we talked about ayahuasca, mm-hmm. and then uh, I think yeah. DJ volunteered some, some other information. What are we talking about first? Which topic? Uh, either one. You pick one. We don't. We, we, you, you, uh, let's talk about the DMT, which might lead into the commonalities between drop zones. Okay, what inspired you to do DMT, dimethyltryptamine? Uh, it was more just. It, uh, I'm, I feel like we all kind of are doing like searching for uh, an answer to the the chaos. Maybe mm-hmm. um, maybe trying to sort out one zone chaos. Um, I did it with a handful of really good friends with a shaman, which was the way I suggest everyone to do it. There's a lot of, you know, pens and other things out there that'll, that'll take you to a place, but guidance is very pivotal. Uh, the, the way you're accepting the experience, the way your mind is focused towards it, I really, I, I think helps guide the intention of what you're trying to get out of it. Um, so there's a handful of people, Fernando Barba, what's up, bro, out there, FernandoBarba.com. Um, does a lot of stuff all over the country and uh, really, really very low egotistical kind of guy that it's very enjoyable to do the experience with. Also won't push you too far, which is something that's terrifying when you're already going into something that's terrifying. Um, Helps it. Anyway. um, Can I ask like what your mindset was when you were going into this experience? Were you in a positive place? Were you in a a challenging place? I was in uh, a positive place, but a, a mental change of kind of what I've been dealing with the, with these guys is like I needed to to do something new, and mm-hmm. I didn't know what exactly that was. Um, at the same time, I was content to an extent, but just wanted to kind of see what else my mind could come up with. I guess you know maybe, and the experience itself in the moment did not breed what I exactly thought it would. It was over months, years. And that amount of time that I started to realize that my intention going into it, which is my intention at the time was I want to find a way to be better to myself and the people around me. And that was my intention going into it. And uh, over the last few years, I've kind of seen that intention come into growth or like into uh, come to fruition mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to describe, and I can only I, I I can't think of anything other than good that came out of it. Obviously, terrifying at the time, but uh, moving. F- what? So I, I'm curious when you say terrifying. We're still on DMT, right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thank you. If you're saying that terrifying is, uh, at what point does terrifying 
give way to the rest of the experience or was the experience terrifying the entire time? No, no. The, it's just like skydiving, right? The anticipation of the fear leading up to the breaking point. All right? Once you step out of the plane and you realize that you've given every, like there is no turning back, right? Once you're out of the plane, you, you accept it's your fate. It's happening. We're doing right? it. We're doing it. So leading up to it, very terrifying. Uh, my first experience with DMT years prior uh, was just before a crazy skydive incident that I had that I feel like really helped me balance some things in the moment, um, which was absolutely terrifying, which was not with a shaman. Um, but once you accept your fate and kind of just let go and breathe, you accept all the information that's coming in a little more. Um, it's so hard to describe guys. So hard to describe, um, the whole experience itself. Great. The feeling after amazing and a lot of new perspective that came with afterwards, but only a long time afterwards, kind of like we were talking about being kids, reading back to where you were as a kid to kind of analyze where you are as a human now right? Things that may have happened to you. To, yeah. So it was a lot of that. Gave me a lot of that perspective. Allowed me to kind of reanalyze my life and where I am and why I've made the decisions that I've made, you know? And then moving forward, well, do I want to have this same path or do I want to have a different kind of path? Well, if I want that kind of path, then I need to make some severe changes. See, he likes it too. Nothing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but moving into commonalities, let's get on that. Huh? Commonalities at drop zones that I see. Um, you know, it's it's pretty much the same same across the board. Uh, like, so so we're sidestepping to uh, to movement jumps. We're making a lateral move. Okay, great. I'm doing it quickly because I'd have nothing else to say on the DMD no, other than good. try it if you really want to do it in a shaman setting. Have so, some guidance. Have some guidance. Right. They're going to open up the portals. They're going to close them so no dark entities can go with you on the way out. I highly recommend making sure everybody in the space is aware of what you're doing and quiet is respected. I'd highly recommend that. Say that one more time. That everybody in the space is aware of what you're doing in the process mm. and respects the quiet. Yeah. I... Uh, I... I uh, I have a little min- minimal DMD experience, and and uh, let's go over that. No, not much, man. Come on, but so, made so, me do it. Somebody kept uh, making noises unintentionally, not thinking because we were in separate rooms. But noise travels in that space. Yeah, and more aware what, to what, everything. What, what you know? So also uh, uh, was a little timid. My one and only DMT experience. Uh, the friend who got me, uh, who 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 who. who uh, shared the experience with me, had said that uh, I'm not ready yet. I've done DMT. I just want to be in the right place. And I don't think I quite understood. I respected that statement of that person. But I didn't understand that statement because I've never been there. You're right. Um, and I have shied away from trying DMT again for what you said, the fear, the, the blah, blah, blah. It's a heavy experience. I remember as far as I got, and I don't think I got as far as the intent should have been, um, um, man, it was. It's one hell of of a a, a ride, a, a ride, and and almost eye opening experience, but not quite there. Um, it almost, yeah, yeah, almost always leaves yeah. you with more questions but, than uh, when you went in with, yeah, which is bizarre. You go uh, in there searching for questions or searching to answers to your questions, correct? No, 
I, I didn't go in there searching for anything. I, I went with the mind of what is. Because I, I, I think uh, going in with questions for me limits what I can see and what I'm exposed to mm. because I believe if I'm going to have a philosophical, religious, or emotional experience through DMT, if I if I go in with questions, I bound that possibility. That's fair. If I go in open-minded, and I, that's what I'm afraid of is the open-mindedness, the the... Like, yo, anything, I could come out a horned lizard after this. If I go on open-minded, that's not really going to happen. But uh, maybe what what could change through through this open-mindedness? And I think that's a fear. Um, I also uh, concern myself with suppressed uh, emotions and suppressed memories. So uh, uh, Melissa Mel Porter, I don't know if you know her. Uh, she was on the show and uh, shared openly. Did we talk about this on the show or after the uh, show? I think Alex and I were touching on that same conversation. It was the same name in my mind. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure we had that. So I know we talked about ayahuasca on the show. I also know we explored the conversation much deeper after the show. And, and the intent wasn't to uh, hide anything. It was just time for the show to be done. So I, I'm positive anything we say. She. Uh, I apologize, Mel, if it wasn't meant to, to share. But... Um, Fuck, I, I I lost where I was at with Mel. No, it's okay. But man, DMT will do that to you. Yeah, I, I've. Uh, <laughs> so I, you know, oh, oh, uh, she talks about the the that legit gave me chills. Just suppressed welcome. memories that she was confronted with, with with suppressed thoughts and ideas that she had, that she confronted, and I think about these things, and, and and man, just even that conversation, you start digging in your brain, and I think it's it's actually not hard to pull out some suppressed memories that you don't realize you have if you just sit there and let your mind wander far enough and start thinking and opening and relax unwind wait a minute uncle ricky touched me and i'm sorry if that's your truth, <laughs> that's um, I, truth. I, I kind of say it as a joke but i mean really what what have we suppressed yeah so no, i no, think that's that. my biggest fear um i <laughs> will tell you it's it's a it's a journey that has often been on my mind enough that i i do have possibly some dmt hidden somewhere and i've looked at the shelf life of it it's it's effectiveness etc and um i'm i'm very interested um, my, my my readiness is higher than it has been in the past well, i don't think i'm quite there yet well if you want i got i know a guy yeah. i know a guy a better guy that i know a bunch of my friends have done some ayahuasca yeah. with him and other stuff but uh yeah i think yeah. i'm willing to take the journey on my bed with the guidance of a good friend yeah Oh, you um, want to be in a safe space. Yeah. So essential. So that friend has to be in bed with me though. Oh. Nick? <laughs> Sounds romantic. <laughs> Nick, will you be in bed with me? I, Nick? I don't know. Could I be on the side of the bed? Easy escape. He's always looking for an I, escape. I think if things go fucker. well, you won't have to be there for more than about five, ten seconds. <laughs> so man, I, I uh I d- it definitely is something that that uh Man, to me, the idea that we don't use all our senses is a very strong thing. The idea that our senses aren't in tune with everything that's available and out there for us is a very strong idea. The access to the third eye, the access to some sense, to something, to connect to those things we can't see or hear or feel. I don't know if it's really there or not, but man, the opportunity to safely experience and and understand life and just just to open yourself up that vulnerability alone has a lot of of merit yeah so yeah no. the vomiting thing just scares the piss out of me uh, i don't vomit well deal with it mm. you don't vomit well no i'm not a, a vomiter yeah I, i'm not i'm not a good nauseous human being we're, so. we're talking about ayahuasca now 
the vomit. Yeah, that's where that went to. Yeah, yeah I don't. Uh, that does not sound great. Uh, to me. Yeah. So we are wrapping up close on time. I do want to get to Nick's last topic, and I want to ask some questions about that a little bit more directly. Um, I love the evolution uh, of angle flying here in Spaceland. Um, I got to be a large part of the foundation of, of what the policies are that allows angle flying, um, and and it's been great because the community grew with it, found its strength and weaknesses, and the community and, and the leaders have made it to a point where now. I walk out into the loading area. There's a board. How does this board work, Nick? The board is dope. Let's let's talk about the fucking board. The board's great, and the, the board the was uh, an evolution of some other people's ideas. <laughs> who, whose idea? Well, so someone else created the movement sheet. I don't know who who's credited for that. And then uh, all of the Spaceland drop zones were using the movement sheet, and Dallas started laminating the sheet and having the all of the groups draw their plan on the same sheet. It was still just a laminated uh, version of a previous sheet. I went, oh, and that, that's smart. That at least forces everybody to check into the same sheet. I like it. Our problem was that someone would fill out the sheet in the packing room, and someone else had one stuffed in their pocket, and then someone else, whatever, the whatever. Is, the board is so simple. So the board is so the central spot that uh, the plan comes together, and it. Uh, I, I make. I think that it makes sure that all the conversations are happening, and that it's a public display of the information so people that want to see what sort of a flight path a more experienced person is doing in these conditions has access to that information also true. and that it forces yeah. uh the communication between groups to, to actually happen yeah, was that your idea or? Uh, i had an, the idea to make the board but only because someone else had made the sheet and, and dallas was using the sheet in a particular way i went man i'm gonna make that sheet bigger and make it uh <laughs> Yeah, in no, a spot no, that doesn't dude, move. When I showed up this last week and saw that, do you my, recognize mind explosion? Do you recognize the writing style of that sheet? Nick's mom, did she do it? <laughs> did, <laughs> mom, did she, saving did the day again. You saving sweet, the day. sweet lady. Did, yeah, she's uh, Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. <laughs> well, if you take her out for a nice seafood dinner, I do expect you to call her. There's again. only one rule: no touching of the face or the hair. Of course. <laughs> Of course. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of people who helped with that tracking, uh, that that movement sheet. Jay uh -huh. Vienendahl was a huge help. We referenced uh, Oh, Jay, I, what is yeah. up with Jay? I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him forever, man. Where Jay, where are you at? Uh, I used to love yeah. going I mean, to Carolina Best and getting his shoulders by Jay. super fucked, and I know that's yeah. hindered him from jumping. Masturbation. Um, I've talked with him a little bit here and there. Uh, masturbation. When you're carrying a giant heavy dick, man. I know you got it. It's uh, a it's a heavy weight to throw. Don't learn to date. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I know uh, jumping has been super limited in his life. Oh, I don't know fair. what he's been doing besides, um, but Let, he's well. You he's know, not I, happy about the. I don't have anywhere to quite go exactly yet, but I want to talk about what happens to us after, right? At the afterlife. Well, if. A lot of guys I know, I mean, me included, right? Uh, paycheck, certain this, that. But if you're not going to keep going in skydiving, where do you go? Oh, after skydiving life. Yeah. It, it seems like it's a hard transition. Like I feel like it's similar to military life back to civilian life. So in I a think weird, not the same at all, but a similar sense of like extreme sensory, like just high sense amazingness whether it's good or bad military wise skydiving same same there's some good there's some bad and then you kind of live that down and where do you go after so there that? doesn't have to be an afterlife um and i mean there's that an by afterlife nick and i have talked to the aliens the like, the uh 
today's <laughs> get up there Nick. today's climate is different today's industry is different so once upon a time as a ti your goals to become a dz manager were extremely right. limited that was where it went right and, well, and even then it was limited like a the the real world management wasn't there b the paycheck the still you were still living a meager lifestyle not that nick makes a great paycheck in the first place but now management is a more real position many drop zones are hiring truly legitimate manager positions and then there's space in houston uh we have nick a figurehead you got what you got motherfuckers <laughs> you're like the fucking prime minister you're like the fucking no you're like the queen no, you're a queen so uh queen? so so that's an Queer? opportunity no uh, the military. You want to kiss and find out? Do you out? even know what you are? I mean, whole, we there are three different yeah, conversations. Like how that that happen. I gotta go I'll, pee I'll, one I'll more take, time. I'll take one more time. Any ver- well, we can talk about aliens. We can no, talk no, about like my sexual proclivities. Do you like how I deviated that? And I asked him we a can, question. And he had yeah, pause. Talk about life silence. after skydiving. Yeah. And no, I will talk about any of them. I'll make out with you. You're the one. Let's go. You got to pick your friend up from the airport. I know, but I'm not gone yet. He's waiting. I'm not sure what version. Are we talking about li- life after skydiving, life after death? Yeah. I mean, what like, I like about dudes. What, I, yeah, what I'm not it? sure which one he wants, man. <laughs> but life after skydiving, there are better opportunities today. Um, man, it, it, it's a pilot's path is actually a real legitimate career. Um, we have some very good friends who are pilots. I, um, Eric Boyd is absolutely enjoying, I think, I don't know either that or he fakes it really good, but he seems to be having a great time flying jumpers in, in his post jumping part of his life rabbit is, is uh, a roller coaster of a pilot up and down he is probably had more takeoff and landings than most people have uh taken steps in I, their life you know, i think he told me he just hit thirty thousand takeoffs and landings. jesus wow. fucking christ I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the number he threw out and i'm i'm not 100 percent positive but it, it's up there see man but, and he's got quite a long life going so so and then but I, I do just just since Neil's back in the room, I do want to just put in my my perspective about, about which topic <laughs> are we on about life after skydiving, life after I, death, and yes. you you already talked about the importance of networking, right? Yeah, and it's like, man, we can go to the drop zone in the packing room on a busy Saturday and find people that are connected to fucking anything, anything. Yeah. And I think if you work hard, you do a good job, and you make an effort to be a kind and considerate person, yeah. I feel like the relationships that you build in the diverse community of skydiving will really let you make any sidestep yeah. that you decide yeah. to make. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I yeah. feel like if you're, uh, at, you know, average or below, those opportunities probably are not going to be there because well, yeah, uh, you may not have the integrity to stand on. Right, when your you, own one's own merit. Yeah. Right, where you stand compared to those people. So I, but I think it provides a huge opportunity to pro- pro- prove yourself and, and to make those connections and to make that sidestep. But if you were the dude that uh, wasn't ever any, you know, wasn't ever anything great to talk about at the we drop won't zone, name, name, name you'll, you'll probably have fewer opportunities. Man, I have uh, given, I've been given quite a few great opportunities in the sport. And I don't think given is necessarily the right word because I absolutely believe I've earned you a lot of great opportunities. You worked hard opportunity. for those and openings. That's, and, yes. that's why I, and that's why I got the jobs. I, all of these jobs I have is because they recognize somebody who is willing to work hard and, and do what needs to be done to get the job done. And quite honestly, I have some of the fucking coolest jobs in the world. But they're not always cake and sunshine, well, man. They're, Sometimes they're just a fucking job. And those days, I'm still enjoying it. Honestly, guys, that's just one of the hard. my. Uh, I got to be honest. This is one of my most enjoyable things about sharing a room with the three of you. I know every one of you guys have ground up from the bottom. Nobody was given anything. 
Like we all worked our asses off to be where we have been, where wherever it is, right? But none of none of us got given an extra step or an extra hand up. We carved those opportunities into our future. You know, worked our our asses off to be able to have those oppor- opportunities, those interactions, those whatever it is. But it, it doesn't come without hard work. You're like. I, I'm lazy as it is. I, I can't say that I'm the most uh, ambitious of people, but putting yourself out there is the first step to doing all that, right? Yes. And no? I feel like anyone who's survived the lifestyle that, that that you're doing well in right now, of like, man, anyone who's got the bravery to put themselves in the, I mean, we talked about freedom, but that's like synonymous with putting yourself in a hole. Like when you cut ties with the steady paycheck and you do this thing on your own, man, you're at a deficit. Yeah. And if you don't have, you know, you wouldn't make your way out of the hole without the the grit to do it. The grind. Maybe that's what my sh- my new company should be. The grind. Man, is, I will. Is, is a fucking grind. We we have a, a guest coming up soon, and and hopefully another guest. But is Ale- it Nick's mom? Alethea. <laughs> Um, Alethea. I'm so happy you keep bringing up my mom. I just want to check, dude. And uh, I'm sure Tex will be back on soon enough. But man, those two, I've watched uh, particularly uh, Tex, but I've also watched Alethea. Yeah. They're, the, the secret to those two's success, straight up, they're hard. I'm not going to take away from their skill set. I'm not going to take away from their personality. I'm not going to take their. No, they're fucking hard working individuals. Yes. They work hard. They grind. You don't see behind the scenes how much energy and effort those two put into doing what they're doing. Um, and again, mad respect for their personalities, mad respect for their skill sets, mad respect for other. But man, they're one of their biggest assets. Anybody who's gotten where we're at is working hard. Um, Nick and I kind of just got away with bullshit. We're making it up as we go right, along. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck it. We married up. I mean, we both moved in with Sugar Mamas. That's how we get away with it. Lucky. No hard work. What's that life like? Because I think Alex. I don't Alex, know. I can, you and I can relate. You know, trailers, tents. Yeah. yeah. Tents, I mean, it was like know. that for a long time. I got lucky. I mean. Well, you still, you you have a home now? I do. What's this like? I, it's, I don't he know. He moved in life. with a girl. I did. I moved in with a girl. I got lucky. Good stuff. <laughs> But Good before stuff. that, yeah, tents, trailers, oh, yeah. whatever. My, yeah, my girl uh, in Chicago, she's amazing. Nice. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll be there uh, one day for a few days, and then I'll be gone again. Life of a vagabond. Mm. Yeah, gotta, gotta love it. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, it is always nice when you can find that, uh, you know, when you find a partnership and it happens to work out where your living situation improves. Like, yeah, it's a total perk. Because yeah. um, before that, like, yeah, I was very familiar with... Uh, Making it work one way or another, <laughs> even though it was super uncomfortable for a long time. The the summertime, especially in Houston, like living in a van, you got to run the AC. Like someone was kind enough to let me run an extension cord from their trailer into my van, so I had a fan running. Oh, everybody! I mean, that's there. the only thing that kept me alive for the summer night. <laughs> it's May fourth or fifth today. <laughs> yeah. May and the fourth be with oh you. Oh my goodness! Oh, that's the first time I've heard that today. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. May the fourth Madison be with Barner. all of you. Maddie is the first person to give me that greeting. Nice. So but shout out, Maddie. Nice. Nerd Man, Alex, girl. Alex, yeah. Alex, was it not hot as can be today? This, uh, the humid, the humidity was, just laid on you. It was hot, but I will say. 
like just wait until summertime. Oh, We're just I'm, I'll up. be gone, yeah. dude. Okay. I didn't I'll even notice the temperature or the humidity. Today. Dude, cop Josh and I were working in cop Josh. Sorry, cop Josh and I were working at the at the uh, shop today, and particularly the studio. And while I walked outside for a bit, and as granted, it's very air conditioned in our shop. So uh, I walked outside and walked back in. We're like, oh my god, it's Houston outside right now. It just it, it's not hot yet, but it was like, holy shit, it is warm and muggy. Mm-hmm. And just a week ago, it was like we were working. You've been there with the garage doors open. We love keeping the doors open. Nope, it's to full-time AC already. Fuck that shit. Hot and muggy. What you fucking yeah. I, I, I don't know oh, how I, you guys do it, honestly. It's a whole no- Oh, oh, oh. There's my stew. Yeah, man. Speaking of stew, we really do need to get this puppy wrapped up. We got to get moving and get going. <laughs> So, uh, any last things you want to share to your friends, family, homies, boyfriend, girlfriends, lovers? Damn. I No. We have one of those. One of these days, I'll build a website, guys, and I'll be a professional. Until then, I'm just renegating it. Dude, let's build you one. Let's get on Squarespace. Well, I think word of mouth is the best customer service. Yeah. I'm just doing the things that uh, we all kind of dreamt of when we first started and finding a way to make it work. It's not the most lucrative business. You could make more as a TI, AFFI, and all that, but I love what I get to do. And like I said earlier, getting to water those baby plants and watch them grow. One of my favorite things of all of it, and that's what I keep going for. And, uh, you know, nobody gets out alive. So I might as well enjoy it. I'm enjoying it while I can with the great people that I get the the pleasure to do it with. Well, and if if my opinion is anything to anybody who listens to this show, man, you are a super nice guy. You are an extremely talented skydiver, and you up. are a great coach. Shut and if up. I was interested in getting coaching uh, from someone regarding movement jumps or canopy, especially freestyle stuff. What about static? Come on, do static. I don't never flown static with you. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not go, a fucking liar. Why don't we go I'm straight being, down? I'm being genuine right I now. I can do it. Ask Alex. You, we did it today for like, what, three seconds? A couple of Dude, yeah, yesterday we were straight down. There was a straight down yeah. component. Moment, oh, yeah. There was a yeah. component, yes. You know, I've got really great footage of us flying straight down. Uh, yeah. So that did happen. I believe Last it. year, two years ago. But man, I would uh, highly suggest anyone hits you up for any of those Thank skills. You. And go ahead. Man, now I want to share. You, you were fishing for a conversation earlier, and I do want to share it, and you just mentioned it again. Uh, I'll make this recommendation to you and for anybody else listening. Uh, man, create your brand create your name. I think Alex the Glopper is partially associated with Gravity Lab for the same reason. Because the rating center for years was only DJ Marvin, but we all have egos. We hopefully keep them in check. We hopefully manage them. We hopefully don't let them get out of hand. But we all have them to some extent. But an entity, the rating center, has zero ego. It's very easy for me to pump up the company, pump up the brand, pump up the name, and not grow an ego over it. But as a matter of fact, it's easier to feel responsible to that name. And having that ownership of that responsibility is actually a huge catalyst for me. I recommend it. It's something recommended in general business as it is. Don't use your own names. Use a, use a name that you can promote without ego. Um, and man, it, it, it's also going to be hugely beneficial because right now, uh, Hank became a big part of what we do. Chris Fudala became a big part of what we do. And now people don't book courses because DJ Marvin's teaching them. They book courses because the rating center is teaching them. They're booking coaches with gravity lab in part because Alex, the Glopper is popular and desired, but also people will come because he's helped promote and built a brand name, put your name together, find your company, find your brand. You have no more ego left, and now it's so much easier because promoting yourself is fucking hard. I don't like talking about myself. I could promote the shit out of everybody else. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, a brand that I know that I love. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, easy. 
Easy. One South, different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, thank you guys so much for the opportunity to be here. Thank you, DJ, for bringing me out. Thank uh, you. Giving me the realm to work in. Nick, God damn, you're an asshole, but I love you. I try and be a sweet <laughs> asshole. Uh, no, I'm just saying, I, I, I have... A cannot, powdered, sugared butthole. I cannot tell you how much I do love being out here with you guys as much as I do have to leave, as I always do. But uh, until the next time. It's good, man. We're happy to have you. Happy horns. And guys and gals, Gravity Lab Radio, <laughs> we are out. This is a off week for us, so uh, hopefully we'll be back on next week. Until then, uh, we'll see you later. Hey, somebody who sees Nick's mom. Give her. Dude, my I number. saw my mom Nick's last week. Do you want another? Shut up, Nick. I swear to God, I went, I went to visit her. I surprised her for her birthday. No, you did. I know, yeah, dude. dude. No, woke, you wouldn't do that. You're not that nice. I did do that. I did do that. He did. You want to ask her? Do you want to call her right I'll now? I'll call her right now. No, Stephen Boyd is proud of Nick for leaving the drops on that week. He's, I've known of this conversation. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he's a very supportive person. I love that, Stephen Boyd. God bless him, man. Ladies and gentlemen, Blue Skies, we're out. Peace. 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 I don't feel done yet. I don't either. I'm going to just keep talking until the music Let's talk about away. aliens. Dude, they are fucking real. Let's fucking go. You think you've seen one? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, like a, like other than a UFO? Oh. You feel like you've seen an alien like you